What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Friday. Happy Friday to you and yours, November 3rd, 2023. And the Buck and I are with you until 10 o'clock right here on TSU on today's show. Plenty of Texas and Kansas State conversation. What do the Longhorns need to do to keep their Big 12 title hopes alive? Plus, we'll go around the Big 12. It is the biggest weekend of Big 12 action that we have had in years. We'll preview some of the other biggest games from around the league. We'll talk about some of the other big college football games in the upcoming weekend. We'll talk about the NFL games of the upcoming weekend as the Dallas Cowboys are set to take on the Philadelphia Eagles for the first of two matchups here in 2023. We've got more World Series fallout. We've got a ton of fun to have over the next couple of hours. What's going on, Buck? How are you doing this morning, man? Tired. You? Tired. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I had a high school game last night, and uh, Lake Travis Cavaliers finished out their season before heading to the playoffs, which they'll find out who they play in the playoffs tonight. But that was a 11 o'clock tilt. Wow. That that was that was in the score in the sixties. Oh, it didn't start at eleven. It just ended at eleven. Ended at eleven. Yeah, I mean, it ended at you know, and trying to get out of Burger Center and get back out here to Dripping Springs. I by that time I got home at around eleven. So, mm. and then of course I did not sleep well last night. I'm uh, misplaced my second championship ring. Oh no! You know, yeah, I just it's just you know I just have this. And it wasn't the global amnesia or yeah, the segregated global amnesia or whatever I have or whatever. What is it called? What is it called? Transient. Yeah, transvestite global amnesia that I get. It just, (laughs) I just, you know, when I before I go play around the golf, I take it off and generally put it in one place. But I have several of those one places that I put it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so now I've got to tear the car apart, car apart, tear the bag apart, and I'm still missing my inaugural Big 12 championship ring that never appeared. Well, it did appear once because I got so skinny at one time, I threw something out in the trash, and the ring came off in the trash, and I had remembered that like four days later. I remember, wait a minute, I threw something in the trash, and I don't remember, and I went back into the trash, and there was the ring in the bag. So wow. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I've grown up with an idiot and now I'm getting old with an idiot. So it's, it's all right. I'm still here. I'm still making it every day. You know, certain things you can do and certain things get out of your hands. And once they're out of your hands, now that's in my hands. That was my property. Yeah. I, I had full control over that, but certain things when it gets out of your hand, brother, and then you have no control over it. It sucks. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for what you do on this Friday and Thursday and Wednesday and Tuesday and Monday and throughout every day that we're around. Thank you so much. And please be careful out there. So how many rings do you have left if you've now misplaced two of them? I still have. I've got all the way. I've got a beautiful state high school championship ring that I can't wear because I'm just an announcer. So <laughs> I'm not Bill Shoning. I won't be sporting that. But it is gorgeous. Plus, it, too, it looks too much like a Super Bowl ring. And how do I tell them? It's how do I tell people it's a high school? I should have taken that to my 50th high school reunion and worn that big bad boy. 
Yeah. You know, that's why I should have wore that. But I can't do it. I'm an announcer. I can't sport those. I can put them in a case and say that's nice. I was a part of that, but I don't I didn't coach them. I didn't play there. I've got a semi pro championship that I coached for one year that won a national championship, beat a team from Philadelphia. I still have that ring. I have a championship uh, Big Ten ring from University of Illinois, but I don't want to be sporting some blue dotted Illinois ring in, in the state of Texas. No. I've got one, I think I've got I've got two Boston College bowl rings because we never won a championship. We were independent, so we never won a championship. But we got we got this bowl ring, I think, for the uh, the one that was down in Tampa or something like that. And then I have one other I have the one of the big uh, no one of the Southwest Conference championship rings. That's the last of my Texas rings that I had. Okay. okay. Lost two others. I've got one more to go. It's not real pretty. Makovic designed it. it was, it's just kind of gold with the UT and the, and the horns on. I just, I've never worn it because I never, it, it's, it's not sparkly enough. But I guess if this one's gone, guess what I'll be sporting? I'll be sporting that one. How about you take it off before you go play golf? You know, leave it at home so you know where it is so it doesn't get misplaced. I've heard all these things before. I've heard these rumors before of what I should do on how to do it. It just ends up on my finger as I drive in and I place it either in the cup holder or when I'm getting my bag or in the bag. I just, I'm just old. Yep. All right. Oh man. Well, hopefully it turns up. We'll be, uh, we'll be optimistic. It's Friday after all. It will turn up somehow, some way. Uh, speaking of turning up somehow, some way, the legendary lifetime Longhorn Ricky Williams will be with us at Covert B Cave. He's going to get there a little earlier than expected. So if you are making your way out to Covert, try to get there around 11 o'clock this morning. Yes, think, please uh, Ricky, do. Ricky will be there from 11 to 1130, 1140 or so. He's got, yeah, a he's lot. got an obligation. He's got a lot going on. Uh, obviously, this weekend is all about the 25th anniversary of him winning the Heisman Trophy at the University of Texas back in 98. So uh, he's got a lot going on today. He's got a lot going on tomorrow and throughout the weekend here in Austin. But uh, we're lucky. Ricky will be there at Covert Bee Cave. We will be there as well. There will he's be doing this as a favor of, our, of us, of this, of our station. He's doing that because yep. he very easily could be sleeping in. He's got his, his wife and his son is here with him. So they flew him in. They, this, is, this is his weekend. They had a they had a luncheon, you know. Of course, this, yesterday was the first I've heard of the luncheon, but you know we're on Ricky time. As long as we can, as long as he can show up, and because we want him to, to to see folks out there, he's got a bunch of hats. So if you're thinking about bringing a bunch of things with you, I wouldn't do it. We really don't like that anyway. That's not really part of what we try to do. We don't ask the guys to make speeches. We just ask them to kind of mingle with you. But I will be there at quarter of eleven. So. If you're thinking and you've got time to say, hey, listen, I can get out there pretty early, do that for us, please, today. Do the best you can. Yep, and if you want to see Bucky's last Southwest Conference championship ring before he loses it, you know oh. this, this is your chance because he'll probably yeah. lose that one too at some point in the not-too-distant future. So it's your chance to see that. But we'll be out there. Uh, a lot of the TSU team will be out there. Once again, Ricky Williams will be there as well. So try to get there early. Uh, a little bit of a change of plans, which is fine. We're still excited. Ricky's going to be there. Uh, the food will be there. We'll be there. It'll be fun. But we we want to get the message across to you people to let y'all know to get there early. It is Friday, sure. and do you people work? No. Huh? Nobody they works can, on Friday. No. Well, they no, can, no, no. Except for us. Except for us. Yeah. So they can leave a little bit early for lunch and, and meet us there and 
And then tomorrow, as things just keep on rolling for us this week. Yep. And then tomorrow, yeah, change of plans with our pregame broadcast. I'll, some of this stuff I've tweeted out, some of it not so much. I chose the worst week ever to take a couple of days off of work. You went to a like. championship. You saw your team playing. Your your week should be – you should be smiling. You should still be right. happy inside. Cloud 11, brother. Cloud Come on, 11. Man. Life no, is no. like that. Believe These me, people- no. I'm not regretting it. I'm not regretting it at all. There you I, go. The trip of a lifetime. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it's it's been a crazy week for Texas Sports Unfiltered. But our pregame show for tomorrow has moved. So it will no longer be at Schultz Garden. Uh, they had something pop up there. They had to reschedule. So we will now be at Crown and Anchor. Ooh. Yes. The OG, Crown and Anchor on 30th Street in North Campus. Same time, 8.30 to 10.30 tomorrow morning. If you're going to the K-State game, hey, stop by and say hello on your way. We're going to be giving away some Texas Sports Unfiltered koozies out there, and we'll be talking plenty of Longhorns and Wildcats. If you're looking for a place to just watch the game, hey, they've got TVs everywhere at Crown and Anchor. Y'all know where oh, yeah. it is. Y'all been there before. That place has uh, been around for a long time. There. Half of you probably slip on that wooden deck at some time or the other. Yep. Yeah. I think I probably did that once or 12 times too. I may I have done that even myself once. Oh. Yes. I may wow. have gotten anchored down there one time. I think I remember. Yes. There you go. So we'll be there tomorrow morning doing our pregame show before Texas and Kansas state. So moving parts, but uh, exciting things or uh, we're looking forward to these next couple of days. And obviously we are about uh, 27 hours from kickoff. Now buck of the biggest home game of the year. For the Longhorns, it's Texas, yes. it's Kansas State. Both of these teams are tied for first place in the Big 12. Of course, there are five teams right now currently tied for first place in the Big 12. So we've uh, got a wild final month of the regular season in store for us. But, hey, Texas still controls its own destiny, regardless of the other teams. Right now, if Texas can win these final four games of the regular year, they will be playing for a conference championship at the start of December in Arlington and it all starts with a win tomorrow against a very, very talented Kansas State team who is coming in hot this weekend to Austin, Texas. Yeah, they will be coming in hot offensively, defensively, two quarterbacks, two outstanding quarterbacks. I, I think what I think is one of the best coaches in this conference, if not the best coach in the Big 12 Conference, and he has got his culture set. And it's a culture of they don't have to talk about physicality. They just show up that way. They will show up that way, and they'll be there for four quarters. They won't win because they'll lose 24-20, but they will show up, and they'll be ready to fight. The question is, does the Texas staff have to talk their guys into a fight tomorrow at 11 a.m.? You shouldn't because there's a lot lot on the line. I I still think there will be 100,000 there, even for an 11 o'clock game. I think it will be packed. The the building will be packed. It's going to be, you know, Ricky Williams, you know, 25th anniversary – Halftime will be something special. I think there'll be a special crowd out there. The weather will be just perfect for football. And where would you rather be on a Saturday morning at 11? If you're if you're not in line for brunch somewhere and some mimosas, you might as well be there, brother. You right. might as well be at that field. So I'm I'm excited for the for the fans. I'm excited uh, for the pregame show where we're going to do it. I'm excited about today. This kind of all kind of circulates around the university this weekend. This is the real real important one. I mean, everyone is important, but this is the one I think the fans will have something to do with tomorrow. I really do. This, this is where I think you'll make a difference uh, on both sides of the football. And I think both sides of the football will have to play well. 
I think the the, the second start uh, for the for the quarterback will be very important. I think you can you can you can bring him up. I think this crowd can bring him up along with the head coach. The head coach kind of owes one. You know, he this is this is the one he needs to get. Last week, we knew about you know probably during the middle of the first quarter that he doesn't have to do anything spectacular, you know, to win this game. He's got enough talent to win this game. This one, he's going to have to do something really spectacular in this football game. I don't care if it's, you know, get in the red zone, do something different, as long as you move the ball into the end zone. that Something different will have to happen, and this will be on Sark tomorrow. Well, let's hear from the head coach, and he kind of agrees with you, right? Here's his opening statement from his Zoom availability yesterday where he talks about the opportunity that's at hand for this Texas team, but he also does mention the fans and the importance of having a good atmosphere at DKR tomorrow. Here's Coach Stark. An exciting opportunity for our team. Um, you know, Saturday, 11 a.m. against a really good opponent in Kansas State. Uh, I think the week of work has reflected the excitement uh, in our team. Uh, I think it's been an intense, energetic week of practice. Um, I think a lot of guys have, have obviously, you know, been focused on the task at hand and, and, and been very, you know, detailed in their approach. And so, um, and we're looking forward to the opportunity and, um, you know, this is, you know, games like this is, is why these guys chose to come here. Um, and it's going to take, you know, everybody on our roster contributing to the success of the team. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a scout team player or a frontline starter, everybody's got a role, uh, to the success of, of us and, and what we do. Um, and with that being said, so do our fans. And th- th- this is, you know, it's 11 a.m. kick Saturday. Uh, you know, we need to make sure that, that our fans are there early and fired up and loud and, and making DKR as, as hostile of environment as there is in the country, uh, which I know we can, it can be. So we're looking forward to that as well. I know our players are excited about that. There's nothing like playing at home and we only get six Saturdays a year to do that. So we're, we're definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. I, I love when the stadium's rocking before the game. So when you go out there in pregame, if you're a player and you go out there in pregame, and that place is is packed, and people are going nuts, and they're firing off the cannon and everything. The excitement of this of this football game is there for you. Nothing better than being in home like that. It doesn't matter what 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 time of the day the game is being played. This group will be up and ready to go. Uh, I, I didn't hear him have to even mention the word physicality. He just said execution. The preparation has been there all week. That's what you have to do. Uh, if you're not physical, you might as well not dress up tomorrow. Yeah, because you get your you'll get that hat handed right to you, and they'll they'll exit you right out of your own stadium. So you don't even have to talk about that. I that that doesn't have to be mentioned to us as fans uh, of this football team. I my expectations are they will or they'll get buried. Yep, I'm with you. That, that's that's just the way that's that's going to roll. If if they punch you in the mouth and you don't get off off the deck, or if you punch them in the mouth and don't keep them down, you're you're going to be in for a dogfight, and you're going to be in for a brutal dogfight, I believe. But you you control your own destiny. This is this is on you as a player. This is on you as coaches. The fans will be. I think the fans will be involved. I think the fans will stay involved and stay active in this football game for this team, for this young quarterback, for the for the for the for the plays that they know that they have to rise to the occasion. And now we know it. We know when this team gets the ball in the red zone, you're going to have to be. It's not that quiet. You know when to be quiet. Nobody has to tell you how to cheer. But you know when this team. When this team needs a play, you know when they need a stop. You know how you have to be backing them. Your fans, you've been around football a long enough time to know when to cheer and not to cheer, when to stand and when to sit and all that other bullshit that goes along with it. But you got to be a part of it tomorrow. And I would expect these fans to really be a part of it because 
This right here, BK, is the one that catapults you. I mean, week to week, they'll talk about game to game, series to series, all that other, you know, coach speak shit. But it's this is the game. This is the one right here. This is the one that everybody worried about before the season even started, before they even went to Tuscaloosa where they took care of business. This game with this purple kryptonite coming to your place, and you beat them every time. You beat them since you've had your head coach. But this is the one I think the fans worry about more than any of the games. Yeah, well, you go back to the preseason poll that came out before the season started, and these were the top two teams in the Big 12, right? Texas was picked to win this conference, and Kansas State was picked to finish second. Yep. Uh, Kansas State did get a couple of first-place votes from the media in that preseason poll, and, of course, Kansas State is the defending Big 12 champ. So what do they say? If you want to be the champ, you got to beat the champ? Yes. Yeah. where it is for Texas right now. I mean – they can maybe not completely eliminate K-State from the Big 12 championship conversation, but they can uh, obviously deliver a pretty big blow to K-State's hopes of repeating as conference champions. And obviously with the Texas win, you know, they elevate their status and they feel like they're in the driver's seat going into the final three weeks of the season. So, yeah, this is one we've all had marked on our calendar for a long, long time. And, you know, K-State wants revenge, right? I mean, it's not just Steve Sarkeesian that's had Texas's number. Hell, Tom Herman. Despite all of his faults, he sure. never lost to K-State. Texas has beaten K-State six years in a row. And Chris Kleiman, who is now in his fifth season in Manhattan, has never beaten Texas. So uh, they've got plenty of motivation up there in Manhattan to yes. come down here and get this win. Because, uh, yeah, their coach and nobody on that current roster has ever beaten Texas as a Kansas State Wildcat. So uh, they're going to be juiced up. They're going to be ready to play. And, yeah, Texas has to be ready to go at 11. And the one 11 o'clock game Texas played this year, Buck, is the one game they lost. That, of course, was the Oklahoma game at the Cotton Bowl. Yes. And, and Texas, you know, got punched in the mouth. Obviously, they came back. They had a lead against OU with a minute and a half to go. Unfortunately, that game ended the way that it did. But Texas, that was kind of a talking point for, you know, the Texas Sports Unfiltered post game, And for all of us, the week after Dallas was – you know, Texas just didn't look ready at 11 a.m. And how, how are you not ready, right? It's the biggest game of the yeah. year. It's your biggest rival. How are you not ready to go? Well, it didn't look like they were. Well, it's not as big of a game as Texas OU because nothing really is. But this is still a massive freaking game for Texas. They've got to be ready to go. They've got to look a lot sharper from the opening kick in this 11 a.m. game than they did in the last 11 a.m. game. No doubt about it. The players have to be at another level. Everybody has to, to be able to compete in this game. As he says, if, if you're the third string guy, if you're the Luke squad guy, you had to give this group a good look all week long. Um, what I what I like that I don't have to look at on the other side of the field is that dude Deuce Vaughn around anymore. That's yeah. for sure. I am I am so happy that that dude is out of there. Not to look over and have to see that little guy playing again. I don't want. I didn't want to see him again. So this is take advantage of it. They've got an okay running game. Their quarterbacks will be very involved in the run game. I expect this defense, this front, the front four of Texas on defense, to stymie the run. Now, they're going to get there is because they have two talented quarterbacks and one guy can, can really scoot, and he's going to get a couple big plays. But what you can't, you can't do is have them break your back with the quarterback run. You just can't. Yeah. And, and they can do it. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. 
they're going to try. Yep, they're going to try. And the two-headed monster that they've been bringing out there at quarterback has been very, very effective, right? That's That's been the change for K-State. This is a team that started the year just 3-2. and two. They lost a heartbreaker at Mizzou in the non-con. They lost on like a 65-yard field goal at the buzzer. And I, I think everybody saw the night before Texas OU, funny enough, uh, K-State went to Stillwater. And they got beaten up pretty good. I know they came back a little bit in the second half to make the scoreboard look a little bit more respectable. But Oklahoma State was dominating K-State for large portions of that game in Stillwater on October 6th. Now, at that point, Oklahoma State looked like one of the biggest jokes in college football. They did. And and they're one of the teams that's tied with Texas and K-State right now atop the Big 12 Conference. So uh, they figured some things out. And that loss doesn't look nearly as embarrassing now for K-State as it did at the time. But since then... Uh, they've won three in a row, and they have just been dominating teams, right? They've outscored their last two opponents 82-3. to three, And if you include the second half of the game before that, their win in Lubbock, they're outscoring opponents, I think it's 103-10 to 10 over the last two and a half games. So, yeah, K-State's turned a corner, but it started when they brought in Avery Johnson. And this was not a, you know, oh, Avery Johnson's so good, we feel like we have to get him on the field right now. This was a... Ah, you know, Will Howard, our starting quarterback, just isn't as good as we want. What can we do to make this offense get better? And credit Colin Klein. I think we all remember that dude as a player. Right? Oh, he yeah. was a Heisman finalist one year at K-State. He was a freaking stud. He's now the offensive coordinator up there in Manhattan. He decided to uh, bring in this wrinkle and bring in Avery Johnson. And the two of those guys together have been great. Uh, Will Howard's improved his play a ton since Avery Johnson got inserted into the lineup. And obviously you mentioned Avery Johnson's running ability. That guy is fast. He's not like coach's son slash gym rat. No, fast. oh no, no, he no, no. He is fast and he is explosive. And if you aren't on your P's and Q's as a defense, you're going to be chasing that dude. Yeah, that dude reminds me of dude that played quarterback in high school and played cornerback in high school too. Mm. He's, not, he's not just a dude that grew up and went to all the camps just to play quarterback and never played another position. That guy's probably a monster in basketball in high school. He probably was a great athlete. You can just tell by the way he maneuvers around the field and his vision. I mean, he can go. And 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 don't think he can't outrun you. You know what I'm saying? Don't think yeah. don't think that that dude with that golden hair is going to you're going to catch him from behind. That dude can scoot and can fly. And he'll take advantage of it too. I mean, if if it's open He's gone. He's not going, BK. He's not going to slide. He's going to be an athlete. Yeah. You know, he had five rushing touchdowns in that win in Lubbock a few weeks back. And yeah, he can absolutely scoot. So he's that guy off the field. Yeah. Keep him, keep him on the sideline. Make them have to use that dude as a punt returner or something, but mm-hmm. keep him off the field. Don't let them have long sustained drives. This is the this is the week that Texas has to have. I hate to say it, but there's going to be some 70-yard drives that have to be done, 65-yard drives. You're not going to get that ball in – well, you hope you do, but I don't think you're going to get that ball in great because they don't turn it over. They don't just give it away. So you have to take it from them. But you're not going to get a lot of those field positions unless you do special things on on the special teams. That's that You're going to have to make some of those those breaks, but you're going to have to have some sustained drives. You can't have a bunch of three and outs against this group. They will just wear your – they'll wear that defense down. Well, this is Malik Murphy's moment, and I know yes. every Texas fan, ourselves included, is talking about Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter and just the emphasis that Texas needs to put on running the football, right? Yes. Like, this is one of those games. You think of last year's game in Kansas State or at Kansas State, 
Bijan Robinson ran it 30 times for more than 200 yards, and Texas rode him to a victory. Uh, you would love Jonathan Brooks to have some sort of stat line like that tomorrow. But, look, let's not be naive. You're, you're going to have to throw the football some. And Malik Murphy was fine last week. Uh, obviously, if the game was closer, I think people would be more critical of Malik Murphy's performance. But, sure. uh, you know, Texas got – a great performance on defense. They got a great performance on special teams and they had a pretty hefty lead on the scoreboard for the majority of the game. So, you know, Malik Murphy made a couple of plays, had a couple of touchdowns settled into his own after a couple of first half interceptions or first half turnovers, I should say, but this is his moment, right? Like clearly Texas was better than BYU. The Longhorns were nearly three touchdown favorites in that game against the Cougars. This is a different breed of cat coming to town. Texas just a four-point favorite against a really, really good K-State team that is playing some incredible football right now. This is Malik Murphy's moment, man. He's got to step up and make some plays. And you're right. This does feel like a game where K-State's not going to beat itself and gift you a bunch of turnovers and hidden yardage on special teams like BYU did. You're going to have to earn everything that you get in a game against Kansas State, which means Malik Murphy – has to be better. He's got to be smarter with the football, and he's got to go out there and make some plays to help this Texas team get a win tomorrow. And your fans got to be better, too. You got to make it difficult for this group. They're, get them playing outside of the box a little bit. Get them get them playing, you know, a little bit wilder than they do because when those when those dudes are in control, boy, they can just – they can be methodical in the way they run their offense. BK, they can, they can put pressure on you with their front four. Their linebackers are good enough. You know, they always have good players in the secondary. But when you get a shot – you have to take advantage of all the shots you can get because, once again, uh, I'm hoping that they're better in the red zone if they get down in there, but I'm not sure. So if you get shots outside the red zone and there's a one that has to go down the field to Xavier Worthy or anybody else, it's got to be completed. If they've got to step on a guy, you've got to throw it. You've got to let it loose and let them run under it, and, and, and they got to score touchdowns because, once again, I still don't know what they're like in the red zone. I'm hoping that Coach figured out something over the last week or so or there's something on, on tape that they can see, but I'm not sure of that. I'm still not sure of the quarterback. I'm, I'm hoping that he can take them on sustained drives, but you're going to have to lean on a group that hasn't played all that well to me, and that's that that should have the ability to play well, and that's that offensive line right now. Yep. You should, I mean, and, and believe me, there's, there's not a bunch of punks on the other side either on that defensive line. They're no joke either. So you're going to have to go bone to bone. Here we go. Let's talk physicality. You're going to have to be a physical bunch on the offensive line. I mean, it's going to be down and dirty on the lines of scrimmage tomorrow. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Physicality is the name of the game. Anytime you're playing K-State, but especially with this K-State team, because they are very good on the lines of scrimmage. And I love what you said. They're better than they were last year. Yeah, defensively they are, which is crazy. I mean, they won the Big 12 last year. Now they were in this exact same spot last year. They were 6-2. and two. And four and one in Big 12 play through the first eight games, and they ended up winning the conference. They were the only team to beat TCU until well, the national championship, where it felt like Georgia beat them twice yeah. with that score. Uh, but yeah, they were in this spot last year and they found a way to win the Big 12, but they lost a lot from last year's squad. They only have five starters back from the defense from a year ago, and they lost a first round pick on defense. They lost a second round pick on defense. And oh, by the way, one of the five starters who came back, a linebacker named Daniel Green probably their best defensive player. Uh, he tore a peck against Mizzou, and he's out for the year. So you could argue the three best players from K-State's defense last year that was really good are not on the team this year, and their defense is better statistically in 2023 than it was in 2022. So uh, they're good. 
on that side of the ball. And yeah, they're going to make Texas earn every yard tomorrow. It's, oh, uh, now, where do you see tough. Texas picking on? Where, where do you where do you see them taking advantage of with the wide receivers? Yeah, I think so. I mean, K State's got oh, well, they are like if there is a weakness they have defensively, it is stopping the run. Now they're not awful against the run, so I I hope you know the strength of this Texas offense is the run game, and I think the weakness of the K State defense is their run defense. So that's where I think Texas can butter its bread the most uh, tomorrow. Um, and a lot yeah. of drives, a lot of clock movement. Maybe not 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 scores in the forties, but high twenties, maybe low thirties. If you, get yeah, into, if, you can, if you can get for me 24 there you can't give up anything but 20 to this group 20 to 21 I I, I see this as a field goal game which whichever it goes I'm, I'm taking Texas to win by just three so or four I, I, I think I said 24 20 but I'll take it I'll still take a 24 21 game yep I'm trying to pull up the total the over under right now is 49 and a half for this football game so um this is a first to 30 wins but I'm not sure anyone's getting the 30. I guess yes. my point is, if somebody gets to 30 tomorrow, then I think they'll be walking out with a victory. But, uh, yeah, these are two of the top 15 scoring defenses in college football. You're talking about one team playing with a backup quarterback. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm hard-pressed. The other team playing that, with two first-string quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm hard-pressed to believe that anybody is going to get to 30. I think this is a an ugly game that's played in the 20s, and you know, those are the games where every single mistake can prove costly, right? Ah, if it's a shootout, hey, you can make a mistake because you know your offense is going to get the ball back and they're going to march down the field and score a touchdown, and it's all good. You can offset that, no problem. Got to spill, got to steal one on a special team somehow. You're at home, down. take a chance. Yeah, I, and I don't mean a fake field goal when you need three. I don't mean that kind of chance. No, hey, no. maybe maybe making uh, maybe taking one on special teams will be uh, just taking the points tomorrow, Sark. Maybe that needs to be your special team's advantage is uh, taking three points instead of zero points like we've seen way too often from this bunch this year. Yeah, I would say if you got an opportunity to get three and you've got something uh, something that's, you know, that that fourth and four, fourth and three that you think you have the play for, go ahead and kick it. Mm-hmm. Just go right ahead and kick it. Take the points. How about this from our girl Christy at Cakes Rock? Fox Sports ordered a birthday cake for Matthew McConaughey, and they're presenting it live on air tomorrow morning because big noon kickoff. The Fox crew will be here tomorrow morning. Awesome. So I Good guess job, Christy. Cakes rock. Yes. Yeah, that's legit right there. Congrats, Christy. That is freaking incredible. Great news. Great, great news. Loaded show this morning. Uh, Jeff Howe from Texas Sports Unfiltered and Horns 24-7 will be joining us here momentarily to talk more Texas K-State. Our guy Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com will be with us at 9-15 to give you his winners of the weekend. And John Kurtz, who covers K-State, will be with us at 9-30. So we are getting you set for this massive, massive game tomorrow, but also this massive football weekend in both college and the NFL uh, Buck, let's give some shout-outs to some of our great sponsors before we get into all of that other stuff. And great they are for sure. Relax the back. You know, with my messed up back, getting the right support has always been very, very difficult for me. But nothing gave me the comfort my back needed. And that's why I love the folks at Relax the Back. I'm sitting in my Relax the Back chair that I've had right now for over 15 years. And it feels fantastic. My, the, I had thoracic back surgery about 20 years ago which it was totally reconstructed. And thanks to Relax the Back, the, it, my back is can be happier. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do anything by now. If I was sitting in the chair that BK's been strolling around in for the last couple of years, the one he stole from the pool, 
there's not a chance. But relax your back. They've got everything you need. Tempur-Pedic mattresses. They've got the stand-up desk that our, our guy, Doc Trey, will be looking at today, I think. Uh, when he leaves, he'll be going over to relax the back there in the Hill Country Galleria and checking out one of those stand-up desks because he needs that because he doesn't want his hurt his soccer – I mean, his, his volleyball back. You know what I mean? Mm. He's a little tender in certain areas. Now, they've got two great locations. they got one in BK, but the Hill Country Galleria, as I said, across from Whole Foods. There's another one in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Folks, live pain-free like the buck with Relax the Back. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout out to our friends at the Altstadt Brewery as well. If you're looking for a great beer to drink at your tailgates and watch parties this weekend, make it Altstadt Beer. It's easy to find. H-E-B specs, Twin Liquors, Total Wine. Wherever you go to get your beer, you can find Altstadt. If you're hitting the town this weekend, your favorite bars and restaurants all throughout the state, not just here in the Austin area, they've got it in the Metroplex. There's a big parade going on up there in the Metroplex today. If you need a beer oh, to help you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to celebrate that they've got you covered they've got it in h-town they've got it all over the state this stuff is liquid gold if you've tried altstat you know what i'm talking about if you haven't tried it yet i'm telling y'all one sip and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past it's the official beer of bk it should be the official beer of you as well it is altstat beer no impurities no regrets and hey, I see our man right now, ready to roll from Horns 24-7, but also from Texas Sports Unfiltered, and you'll be able to hear him this afternoon with Trey Elling from 3 to 5. Our guy Jeff Howe with us this morning. What's up, Jeff? What's going on, fellas? Uh, up, man? BK, I had a breakfast this morning you would be proud of, so it's not. Uh, it's definitely grocery time, time for us to go to the store. I had a, I had a Baby Ruth and a Dr. Pepper Zero for breakfast. So. What? Yeah. Time, times were rough this morning, Buck. Wow. You got to go. Yeah, you got to go. You got to you got to hit the kids stuff from trick or treat if you have to. They still got leftovers. Let's go. Let's bring that's, them out. That's where I got the baby Ruth. I'm like full size. Baby Ruth. That's got my name written all over it. Full oh. size. What a neighborhood. Yeah. Well, OK. I feel like the fact that it's a baby Ruth offsets the fact that it's full size. You know, if we're talking about <laughs> a full size Reese's or a full size Twix or something that's actually good, then, hey. Good for the kids and good for the neighbors, but baby Ruth? Ain't no kids eating baby Ruth. Way, way too well, see, you need uh you need candy for the olds like me, BK. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's you know what I partook in the other day, Jeff? Four pack of Reese's cups. Wow. <laughs> with, an ollie, with an Ollie pop. With a, with an Ollie pop. And hey, oh, yeah, because uh, I had to have a soda with that chocolate. It was it was great. I had a grape Ollie pop and a four pack. Of the long Reese's, oh, was that delicious? I forgot how good those can be. Hey, forget at- having them frozen. It was nice and it was it was a warm day. <laughs> they were kind of you touch them, they kind of the chocolate got it out. I just jammed four down so quick. It was great. Looking at that Seven Eleven logo, got to remind you the the Seven Elevens are pretty much guaranteed to have the double decker oatmeal cream pie. Oh baby, mm-hmm. yes. we know Bucky loves his cream pies. We've learned that. <laughs> Oh, man, man. Yeah. All right, buddy. We've been uh, we've been talking cream, about cream pies show. and baked potatoes. <laughs> That's it. Got to yeah. throw in that protein in there. Throw in that fiber too. And they mean exactly what you think they mean, kids. Yes. If, if you're <laughs> no anyone knows with either of those things. Uh, Texas and Kansas State, man. This it's weird, you know, Jeff. I mean, forever Texas just couldn't beat K State, mm-hmm. and now it's K State just can't beat Texas. The Longhorns have won six in a row. Against the Purple Cats, Chris Kleiman is in his fifth year in Manhattan. He's never found a way to beat Texas, but we've had this one marked on our calendar for a long time. I mean, these were the preseason top two teams 
in this conference uh, going into the season. And uh, here we are, two of these teams tied for first place. Of course, there are five teams currently tied for first in the Big 12 right now, but these two are very much in the mix. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this one. We'll just go to the past before we talk about tomorrow. What's been the difference? Like, what has Texas done so well? Most of these six games have been close. There was a blowout in the COVID year, but what has Texas done so well against K-State to kind of flip the script against a team that used to be known as the Purple Kryptonite? I think you've got to go back and and kind of give Tom Herman and that regime some credit because we can say a lot, and we do say a lot about those four years of Tom Herman football. But one thing that Tom Herman's teams were, man, they were tough. And I think for so long, that's one thing that Texas failed to do consistently was match the physicality that K-State brought to the table. Uh, Tom Herman's teams did that. And I think that's kind of carried over. Sark wants a team that can play with a physical edge. Uh, You know, on top of that, I think you look at like year one with Sark, it was almost a blessing in disguise that if you remember, you know, Hudson Card and Casey Thompson got injured in that West Virginia game the week before, you know, that was a Friday game. As of Tuesday, Sark didn't know if he was going to have a healthy quarterback. So at that point, he had a game plan that was almost exclusively Roshan Johnson and the Wildcat. So naturally, when you're when your base offense is the Wildcat, you're going to have a degree of physicality to you. Uh, and let's not forget, Skylar Thompson didn't play in that game either. So maybe if Skylar Thompson plays, it's a different story. And I think that's what K-State fans would tell you last year, that, hey, maybe the wrong quarterback played. Maybe Will Howard should have been in that game instead of Adrian Martinez. But the bottom line is, starting with Tom Herman in the last two years under Sark, Texas has had the kind of personnel where they can line up and run the football. And we know how tough it's been for opponents to just line up and run the football at Texas. You really can't do it. You've got to do misdirection and try some other things because – Man, if you're just going to line up and try to run it right at Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, that's that's the go with God plan. You're just praying and hoping that it works because nobody else has been able to do it. Alabama couldn't do it. Oklahoma couldn't do it. Uh, nobody's been able to just line up and pound Texas when they try to run the football. Jeff, do you see? Uh, and and for the for the Longhorns on the offensive line, the center. I mean, Jake Majors is he is he back to being? I mean, I know he's healthy enough to snap it. He's played in, in a couple games, and I don't know if he's at full strength. This is a game where you almost need that dude to be at full stream. There'll be a pressure on both of his shoulders, you know, in this football game. That K-State defensive line will put the pressure in that A-gap. And really, I hope his, I hope his knee and his legs and everything else are ready for what, what they're going to bring to the table this weekend. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I think – I feel like the last two weeks – I don't have his pro football focus grades in front of me. I feel like the last two games, Jake Majors has played two really good football games since he's been back. I think there's some other pieces of that line that concern you a little bit. Yes. I think I think one of the problems they have, Bucky, on the interior, and I, I, I hesitate to call it a problem, you know, based on how Kyle Flood teaches it, you know, DJ Campbell pretty much, or either, either it's how he teaches it or it's kind of what they want him to do. DJ Campbell can only play right guard right now. They haven't worked him at left guard at all. But, you know, we've seen, it's no secret, like Hayden Connor struggled at times. Sure. But I think I think now that you've got Cole Hudson back, Cole Hudson can play left guard. So I think if, if there are some issues on Saturday, then you can see maybe a little bit of rotation there because Hudson can play both guard spots. Connor can play both guard spots. And then you've got Campbell at right guard. So I don't worry about majors, Buck, at this point, as much as I worry about those two guard spots being solidified because you pretty much know at this point what you're going to get from both of your tackles sure pretty much know what you're going to get from your center it's those two guards and and i'll say this kind of in defense of hayden connor the bucky you know this is a coach 
don't ask guys to do stuff that's outside of their skill set. Sure. You know, like with the way BYU was bringing pressure, it was probably a bad idea to call your screen pass where you're pulling the guard to block that edge blitzer. Like I saw some people say, you know, oh, that was lazy blocking or whatever. He he never got there. Like he yeah. he didn't beat the yeah, blitz. There. Can't so get there. You're right. I, I don't put that on Hayden Connor as much as I put that on Sark. Is like, look, you got a young quarterback. Like help your guy out a little bit. And dude, I know. saw the tight end pulling to get to that guy and couldn't get him. But I saw yeah. the tight end actually whiff that guy too out yeah. there in space. So yeah, and that, that, and that's the other thing too, Bucky. I'm glad you brought that up with, with their guards. I think some of their red zone stuff and their especially their goal line and short yardage stuff, I think you can clean some of that up if they just stop pulling their guards so much. I just feel like you when you when you pull your guards in short yardage and goal line, you're almost inviting penetration. And, yes. and that, that'll blow that stuff up real quick. So I, I think you, you know you've got to change up your run game concept some down in the goal line. I I in, in short yardage. Uh, I think stop pulling your guards so much would be a good place. To well, start. Jeff, you know, last year they didn't do that because the guys are so young. They didn't want to vacate areas. They were afraid to, but all of a sudden, you know, they're, 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 some of their run game has a lot of guys taking off and pulling and letting guys just come down and get in and get penetration. They didn't do that last year. They were worried about it. They don't seem to be worried about it this year. And it looks like maybe they should be worried about doing well. The, the one concept that's kind of worked for them, and it's it's become a staple of the Sark run game. If you look at the touchdown Jonathan Brooks scored last week in the red mm-hmm. zone, they ran that little split zone where the, the, the tight end blocks back against the formation. So, right. in other words, tight ends going to the right to seal it off. You're running zone to the left side, and the back hits it on the front side. Stuff like that, where you can get maybe a little bit of misdirection. Or if the defense is shooting gaps, at that point, they're going to shoot the wrong gap. Right. So that that's the kind of stuff you need to do. We And, and that's where I get a little frustrated with Sark is we, we see him do things that work. It's like, okay, just, just go back to that until they stop it. Then you can go figure out something else. But yeah. I think just and, – and BK, we've talked about this, and, and I, I think I was with you guys when we talked about it after the Wyoming game. I still don't think this offense has an identity. I still think if you asked Sark, like if you just pull, if you were just, if it was just you and him in the office, like, hey, what, what's the identity of your offense? Like, what do you think you can hang your hat on? I, I don't even know that he could tell you right now. And I think that you talk about finishing drives. I think that's a big problem. I think that's yeah. a big part of it. Well, well, they're going to have to do it tomorrow, my friend. They're going to have, yeah. there's going to be some 70 yard, 65 yard drives that they got to find a way to finish. They're not, I mean, they got gifted a bunch of, a couple, you know, scoring zone deals last week, but this team is not giving you the ball. You have to take it from them. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, th- I think I know what the identity of the Texas offense is. First play of the game. Oh, wide no. Receiver screen. No, no, not tomorrow, please. Or, hey, they could switch it up and throw it to Sanders. You know, like we can get a tight end there, too. But that's that's what's going to happen, guys. That's the identity of this offense. We know what the first play identity is. I don't know about – Yeah, you know, but do you think – you think Coach Kleiman, you think they know what's going to happen the first. You think they're smart enough to know that it happens every game. I'll tell they you may what. Not be. You know, everybody's doing the touchdown celebration, take the arrow out of your quiver and, you know, fire it. Sark should take tight end screen off the call sheet, do that, and fire it into the sun. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what I want to see done with, with tight end screen. Are you still happy with the screens, though, Jeff? Some of the, the – to the backs and just extended handoffs, those little dump-offs in them. You're liking those right now still? Yeah, and, and I don't – I don't hate the perimeter screens to the receivers either. It's just your receiver group has been so inconsistent in terms of how they block those things yeah. that this year. <laughs> here's here's some simpleton stuff. Again, I say this all the time, man. Football is a simple game made complicated by simple men. 
your your perimeter screen game works a lot better when guys actually block it right. Yeah, I like and that you, part. And you know, Bucky, you know this. Like, you know, you ask your receivers, you'll ask them to stock block or something. Like, dude, I don't need you to drive the guy four rows deep into the stands. Like, just just sit there and patty kick with him. Just get in his way long enough yes, for that dude to get around. Let him you. Blow, don't let him blow you up, and you end up four yards behind the line of scrimmage or right into the receiver. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. don't grab him by his jersey and pull him down. <laughs> don't have to tug on him. Just stay in front of him. Slap him. If you have to just slap him, well, you had to slap that face mask. Slap him across the chest. Do something, but don't do this. And then when he starts to move, you still got a whole handful of it. Bucky, is there, was there anything as a coach that pissed you off as much as wide receivers getting penalties out there? I was like, a wide receiver. I just they never asked me. They never asked me to block <laughs> out. And not in space. I, I only as a receiver had to block in the full house on the goal line, the lead blocker. I never touched the ball. At yeah. 165, I was the lead blocker in college. And I got rejected so many times. That's why I'm sitting in this relaxed the back chair because I got rejected and had to have a little a neck roll at the goal line at 165. I never pancaked a soul. I did, I bit guys' ankles and knees and grabbed a hold of the kneecaps like this. I I, I grabbed a hold of a kid from Notre Dame named Ross Browner. The I was going to ask you about Ross Browner. Yeah. Oh my God! He said to me. He said to me during it was a Monday night football game, Notre Dame versus Boston College at Foxborough. He said, "If you grab me by the leg again, I am going to whip your ass." <laughs> the very next time we got in short yardage and goal line, I was one on one. With a 270 pound defensive end. That was my block. I had the kick out block in the goal line, and he came shooting down, and I almost started to melt. I almost like I was sliding to second base as he was coming. And as he went by, I grabbed him. I grabbed that dude around the, around the knee again, and he turned around and he kicked me <laughs> in the hip, like with the, with the old time Nikes, the, the black Nikes yeah. that Notre Dame wore, those ones that were hard, that hard molding. He kicked me in the – I got a hip pointer for him that lasted for six games. I couldn't mm-hmm. sneeze. I couldn't shit. I couldn't do anything. Anything <laughs> that you did with your lower body, it didn't happen. I, I couldn't I, – oh, my God. He, and he told me what was going to happen the next time I held him, and he did it. That's, that's what happens when you mess with a college football Hall of Famer, Buck. Oh, Man, that hurt. That's awesome. Hey, Jeff, back to this game, although that is hilarious. Still can't get over the fact that the Buck was a lead blocker in college at 105 pounds soaking wet. Uh, Malik Murphy, man, your, your confidence level in him. Uh, some good, some bad last week. I, I, I said earlier to Buck, like, I think Malik Murphy's performance isn't getting talked about a whole lot because Texas was so good defensively and so good on special teams that they didn't need a lot from their quarterback. So people were just kind of like, ah, okay, you know, Malik was fine, whatever. Uh, it seems obvious they're going to need more from him tomorrow. What's your confidence level? And what do you think Sark's confidence level is with Malik Murphy going into a game against a very, very talented K-State defense? I think it's, uh, you know, 75, 80%. I, I think one thing that, Malik needs to be cognizant of this week is something that Sark tells his quarterbacks, and and Malik was guilty of this last week a couple of times. And it, it goes back to bad plays. Don't turn a fender bender into a fatality. Like, don't take a bad play and just make it infinitely worse. Like the interception, that's exactly what that was. Like you hope a guy learns to step up and climb in the pocket, and, and there's going to be times where you have to eat it and take a sack. It's just the way it is. Uh, you know, e- even. I don't know where if he was trying to throw it to a receiver or he was trying to throw it out of bounds, whatever. But, man, even as strong of an arm as he has, when there's dudes draped on you and you're trying to throw it from the far hash 
out of bounds. That's a tough throw to make, even if you're trying to throw it out of bounds. So uh, I think that kind of stuff, you, you just have to hope that, and that's where the concern is, BK. You have to hope that those, oh my God, what is he doing plays, that those are, are minimized. Those are very few. Because this is a game that if you have a couple of those as you know, as in this within a span of like two or three drives like he had last week, this is the game where it can get you beat. You know, BYU wasn't going to be able to take advantage of that stuff no. last week. This is the kind of stuff that can get you beat. I do like the fact that and, and Trey and I kind of disagreed about this a little bit. He didn't like the fact that Texas threw the ball so much. It, to me, it wasn't throwing the ball so much. I just like the pass plays they called early on, with the exception of tight end screen. Like I said, fire that mm-hmm. into the sun. But it was a lot of you know RPOs, play action, high percentage stuff. Just get him into a rhythm, get him some confidence. I think the counter to that is this case they'd expect you to do some of that now. Now do you start taking deep shots? And I think you know his ability to throw the ball deep. We saw it a little bit last week. He underthrew the one to AD Mitchell, but just, they didn't. They didn't take. They took a lot fewer shots than I thought they were going to take. I figured, hey, this might be a game where Sark can Sark figures out, okay, we this is an opponent we can beat. Let's just go ahead and take a couple extra shots, just see sure. if we can hit them or not. I think this is a week where you might try to hit some shots, and you're going to have to because the weakest part, maybe the weakest position group on this K State team, is their secondary. It's not a very good K State secondary. So if you can exploit that a little bit, you'd like to. Can Malik Murphy exploit it? Does Sark trust him enough? to make some of those intermediate throws that you feel like are going to be there, kind of those higher risk throws between the numbers. So maybe some more deep shots, maybe some of that intermediate stuff. How much does Sark trust him to do that stuff? Cause man, if you're just going to dink and dunk, I, I, I don't think that's a, you know, you're going to have a tough time. You've already had trouble finishing drives anyway. So yeah. you're really going to need to, to, to try to get chunk yardage plays wherever you can get them. When I know I that's a long answer to the question BK, but I, yeah. I think that's where, that for Sark, I think that's if there's a lack of trust or maybe trust that hasn't been built yet. I think it's in the stuff that you just automatically expect Quinn Ewers to do, like some of those intermediate throws or and, and you know making the right reads on an RPO. That's probably if you're Sark, maybe you're just not quite all the way there yet. Well, if, if your offensive line is if plays with not much physicality, your running your running game, what you really believe in, is going to you know you're going to get you're going to get you're going to get stuffed a couple times. Where you don't get anything, where Jonathan Brooks doesn't have one of those breakaway runs. Those he's going to have those three yarders that are going to be tough three yard runs that are going to be important. So you are going to have to take some shots down the field. You're going to have to let that kid throw. I mean, you just are. I mean, I liked it last week, Jeff. I'm I'm kind of with BK. You didn't have to throw as much as you kind of did because you really, but you had to find out what your quarterback was about. I mean, what other game were you going to do it? That was the only game you could do. You never were. The game was never in doubt that BYU is going to beat you. So you could take chances with your quarterback. I don't know. I, 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 I've just got to let him play this week. I've got to, I got to mix it up. I, I'm not trying to get him going by throwing eight straight passes. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be silly and try to do that to yeah. make my quarterback feel like, okay, let's get in a rhythm. No, you can get in a rhythm by getting first downs, dinking and dunking and letting your, your running backs get it done. But if the offensive line, if, if they're not physical – this will be tough sled sledding running, I think, too. I I I do. I just I just got a feeling this this team will be up to the task defensively tomorrow and just against the run game. I gotta believe that Coach Kleiman thinks that Texas is gonna come in with a big offensive line and try to roll us at home, you know? Yeah, here's the other thing too with that. You look at the last two wins over K State and this six game winning streak, 
you've had two backs carry the ball 30-plus times. You know, yes. Rojo Rojo carried it 31 two years ago. Granted, a lot of that was out of the Wildcat. Bijan carried it 30 times last year in Manhattan. And you talk about trust, BK. My thing is, it's not with Malik Murphy. Does Sark finally trust Jonathan Brooks enough to just say, dude, yeah, I know you're our bell cow running back, but this call sheet and the way I call this game is going to dictate that. Like, he's yeah. going to be in that. Mm-hmm. And with touches, too, you know, he he should be 30-plus touches, period. You know, between carries and receptions, I think sure. it's closer to 30. I think it's closer to 35, 38 is where I think Jonathan Brooks should be. I mean, I, I think you, you've got, a, you know, you've got a couple of really nice playmakers on the outside. I think Xavier worthy for the most part, he, he's a special guy. He's a special yes. player. We've seen what he can do with the ball in his hands. I think AD Mitchell's that kind of guy. Uh, Jatavian Sanders can be that kind of guy when he's healthy, but Jonathan Brooks has proven to you that he can be that guy. Do you trust him enough now to put this on his back? Cause look, I mean, you're, dude, you're getting out of nut cutting time. I mean, this is sure you're, you're in the, you're in November with all of your goals in front of you. And if you went out, you're going to go into championship weekend with a chance to get into the CFP. So there's no sense in saving it or trying to no. figure things out. You got to go with what you know works. And Jonathan Brooks is the kind of guy now, Bucky, he's maximizing runs. He's doing sure. some of the same stuff we saw Roshan and Bijan do. Man, if it's blocked for three, he can get you four or five. If it's blocked for eight, he can get you 12. So just put the ball in his belly, let him work over the defense, and that'll take some pressure off of Malik Murphy. And I think I think Sark is at the point. It seems like trust is a big thing we're talking about on, on this segment this week. Yeah. I think Sark tr- should trust his defense and special teams enough mm-hmm. to where you feel like, man, okay, it might take us a little bit, but we need to really try to get this run game going. Don't yes. wait until late in the second half. Like We right. shouldn't look up. There shouldn't be a half where Jonathan Brooks has single-digit carries tomorrow. In I, other I, words, he can't he can't have 14 in the first half. It's like, dude, he only touched, he only got three carries in the second half. Yeah. Like he but, should Jeff, be he should be double digit carries in both halves. Are you taking points tomorrow too? If you've got to kick the field goal, if you're looking at those fourth and threes and in your mind, the crowd is going go, go, go. And and you've got a field goal kicker that's doing all right right now. Do you go ahead and take these three points? That's what kind of game we're looking at. I, I think you have to because you know you look at the games where Sark hasn't done that, where he hasn't taken the points. It's been games where like they know they're going to beat the opponent, right? It's been you know Rice sure. or you know BYU last week. I think this is a game where he knows points are going to be at a premium. So yeah, I, I feel like I feel like Sark really walks a fine line between aggressiveness and recklessness sometimes. And sometimes mm-hmm. we, we've seen him step over fake field goal against Houston on fourth and six. But, <laughs> you know, I think this hey, is made the first guy miss. Yeah, this is definitely a game where where you, you should take the points and you you should try Bert Auburn with the with the way he kind of has battled back from those issues he had earlier in the season. I think he's earned your trust. Yeah, you know, for for you to trust him, but definitely, definitely from like forty, you know, forty in, you, yeah. you should be able to trust Bird Auburn to get you three points. Yeah, Jeff. Last thing for me, uh, this Texas defense. Uh, you could argue their two worst defensive performances came against mobile quarterbacks. Now, uh, one of those mobile quarterbacks, Donovan Smith, didn't have to use his legs at all, but still, he was a mobile quarterback. Texas game plan to stop him from being able to run, and, well, because they did that, Donovan Smith was able to find crosser after crosser after crosser and pick Texas apart through the air. Uh, K-State not only has one dual-threat quarterback, they've got two dual-threat quarterbacks. Now, Avery Johnson's a better runner than passer, and I think Will Howard's probably a better passer than runner, but still, both of those guys can do both of those things. 
what is what do you think the game plan needs to be for PK? This K State offense has been rolling teams over the last three games since they brought Avery Johnson into the lineup. What do you expect? What do you think the game plan for Texas needs to be defensively to keep K State's offense in check? Well, I think you you've got a word too. They got some pretty good running backs. I mean, with DJ yeah. Giddens and I mean Trishon Ward was a guy that was you know, a top one, two running back at Florida State. I mean, it's not like he was hot garbage. It's not like he left, you know, because he couldn't play. Um, so they've got two really good backs, too. Uh, to me, BK, I, I think it goes back to whatever you have to do to win on first down. That I know Sark mentioned that earlier in the week, and that can kind of sound like coach speak, but I don't know if I'm as excited about anything in this program right now as I am with that package PK showed last week on third down. That kind of big, you know, big dime package they got where, you know, your front is Sorrell Sweat and uh, Sorrell Sweat and Murphy. You bring Anthony Hill in the game. Uh, you bring Maurice Blackwell in the game. You still got Jalen Ford on the field. Uh, you're not taking Jade Barron off. Um, that to me, it's your most versatile front. You're getting your best box defenders on the field. You got guys that can hit, guys that can run, guys that can cover. Um, and with Ryan Watts healthy now, as much as they like to blitz him from the boundary, your pressure options seem like they're unlimited. I mean, if you're in surefire passing situations with those guys, that's where I think we could see PK unleash stuff we haven't seen yet this year. We 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 saw that package last week. I feel like if K State's in third and seven plus. They'll put that package on the field, and, and you can show like the looks you can show out of it, the actual pressures you can run, the coverages. It's almost endless what you can do out of that package. I, I, I'm really excited about that. You got to stay a, within the in the and stay. You got to stay in your lanes though, because you do. But you, I, you really you know, do. As a Mo Blackwell truther and the president of the Mo Blackwell fan club, I feel like everybody finally got to see last week a little bit of what I've been clamoring for from that guy. Now that he's healthy, hopefully we see it. Uh, the other thing too, BK, I'll, I'll mention this. I wrote about this yesterday in our insider at Horns 24 seven. I, I heard from a, somebody connected to a big 12 staff that that's already scouted Texas that felt like teams that are able to play with bigger personnel that they might have a chance to move the ball against Texas because one thing PK does when they go like true four, three personnel, they go 40 personnel with three true linebackers on the field. He tends to take, take Jade Barron off the field in those situations. Yeah. So to me, if K-State comes out running like multiple tight ends, multiple backs, and really tries to play this in a phone booth, even that kind of game, you can't take Jade Barron off the field. You can't have your biggest playmaker on the sideline. So that that's one of those chess matches that I want to see is PK expecting that because – if that staff knows, trust me, they're not the only one in the Big 12. They're not the only staff in the Big 12 that's figured that out. You know, do we see Jade Barron on the field even in some short yardage situations? Because, I mean, he's so physical. Yeah. It's there. There's so many things he can do. It's not, to me, it's not worth it to put David Benda or Jet Bush in the game. No disrespect to those guys. If I'm PK, I've got to have Jade Barron on the field. So Yeah, he'll make it happen. He'll make a guy cough the ball up when he gets here and yeah. makes the hit on him. So you can't, you can't let K-State's personnel or even – down in distance dictate all right we need the nickel off the field because your nickel probably your defensive mvp if it's not tavondre sweat at this point it's it's Janae Barron. with supply chains becoming more complex you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments so if you work with logistics you need the beyond the box podcast from maersk it's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market 
Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. I'm with you. I'm with you, Jeff. Great stuff, man. Really appreciate it. Always enjoy these Friday morning hits and uh, look forward to hearing you with Trey this afternoon. Not only will you hear me with Trey, I'll see you guys out at Covert here in a little bit. Very nice. Get out there early. You know we're on Ricky time. You realize you've heard. Well, yeah, we're on Ricky time, so it could be anywhere between, you know, 10.30 a.m. and like 2 p.m. So Yeah, you think your cable guy sucks. Yeah, Yeah, no, no, we've got – Ricky's got – he's got (laughs) – obligations this weekend over at that university that he does and that we he don't does. want them pissed at us and we don't want them pissed at him so uh, i will be there a- asap I will there be you there go ASAP. brother Good Thank man, you. Thanks, thanks guys thanks brother looking forward to seeing jeff how out there hey another reason for you people to go out there to covert bk today and like we just said get there early try to get there right at 11 o'clock please for do your, for your chance to meet the legendary lifetime longhorn Ricky Williams will get some pictures taken. He'll sign a couple of things. Don't bring a hundred things for him to sign. He's not going to sign all a hundred of your trading cards. He'll be impressed <laughs> with your collection. That's cool. Thank you for being a fan. I ain't signing all that shit, dude. Uh, yeah. He ain't doing that, but we'll have free food out there. Thanks to our friends at Smokey Mo's and our friends at Verde's Mexican Perea. Yeah. And and if he's got to cut out folks, we still have food for you. You still have a, you got a free lunch. And a good one at that. And thanks to those folks that are doing that. I'm going to be out there about quarter up. I'll be out there at 1030 or so. So if you're an early riser and can get away, let's go. I'll see you out there. First thing he comes out of the car, I'll get you to him. We've got some people that got to meet him. And he wants to do this for us. And he knows he's busy this weekend. But he's got this obligation to the group over there where he scored all them touchdowns and had all those yards. So uh, this is his weekend. It really is. And uh, I'm glad he's going to be able to spend some time with us today. So I appreciate you guys having to change some of your plans, having to get out of your jobs a little bit earlier to come see Ricky Williams today. Amen. And as our guy Glenn says, get the likes up. If you're watching on YouTube right now, please like this video. It helps our channel grow. Just uh, give it a thumbs up if you would be so kind, but we really do appreciate you guys tuning in today about this, a text on the Coda text line, 512-222-9328. If you're listening on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app and you want to chime in that way, you can hit us up there. Uh, Not sure if y'all do shout-outs, but my son and our kid pitch Greater East Austin Youth Association Little League team got their first win last night. Very nice. Been a long season, but that one felt great. So congrats on getting off the schneid. Good job. Good start to the championship. Youth baseball season. Yeah, let's get a a big second-half push this year and – and uh, keep things rolling. But, yeah, we'll give you some shout-outs. Now we do ask for one thing in return. You shout us out to your friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, Venmo request here. Let me yeah. get my Venmo here and go ahead and send me that. Nah, I just there you uh, go. Keep spreading the word about us at Texas Sports Unfiltered. And we are having a blast, folks. Believe me, I'm yeah. having a, the time of my life. This is, you know, I've been in, in the sort of in this business for 24 years. This has been the greatest two months that I've ever had. And I've got to know a, a lot of people over the years of being in radio, but boy, I'm with a group that I just love to hang out with and be a part of. And hopefully you will too. And we'll see you over, of course, at Crown and Anchor tomorrow morning. Looking forward to stepping on those premises. Been a long time since I stepped, at least 23 years for me, of course, as I have not had a, a drink in 23 years. And uh, that was one of the, the hopping spots for me as I would leave the office after a, a late night of, coaching i had to have a nightcap or 12 
or a seven or something yeah. like that. But uh-huh. yeah, well, it'll be, you're not going to drive home sober. Like, come on, you can't do that. Automatic pilot. That's what I used to always claim. Just foolishness and luck. Automatic pilot. What luck in the nineties? Yeah. Luck. That's all being blessed and lucky. That's all that, that's all that was about. I don't say do that, but I do say this head on out to covert out and BK spokes for sure. They've got Buick's GMC's Cadillac Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram 42 wonderful acres out there. Unbelievable service base just to help you out. If you bought a car from somewhere else at the covert family, if you want to get it serviced, bring it out to BK, but that's close enough to you. Please do that. They've been doing this since 1909, the covert family selling cars and trucks in central Texas. They've got covert Chevy and Ford in Hutto. They've got covert uh, Ford and Lincoln in Austin. And folks, nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. Not ever. Got a jam-packed hour number two coming up. By the way, Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports will join us at 915 to give you his winners of the weekend. And John Kurtz, who covers Kansas State, will join us at 930. So we'll get the uh, K-State preview for this massive matchup coming up tomorrow, about 26 hours away from now. Before that, though, how about a word from Tom McKay, our man, Tom McKay, and AV Consultations. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. Scientific data proves it. Size does matter. The bigger and wider your television is, the better. Football season is here, and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready. New flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com. Oh, yeah. Shout out AV Consultations. And our guy Ashish is in the building. We mentioned 7-Eleven earlier today, but I saw Ashish drop a, a comment a moment ago talking about the stash. Oh, damn. Coming in. Yep. Shout out to Sheesh. Shout out 7-Eleven. Our man Jeff Howe was talking about some 7-Eleven snacks earlier today. Love our friends at 7-Eleven. Fuel up for game day. Get your beer, get your snacks, your pizza, your hot dogs, taquitos. They got it all at 7-Eleven. They also have Olipop there, too. That's right. That's right. When you're going to put all that bad stuff in your system, guess what? How about putting some good stuff in that system with the great taste of soda soda can you believe that that's We're talking right. about soda that's good for you that's olipop they found a way to make it happen this has been an age-old problem for me i used to love soda as a kid and i got a little bit older and i looked at the back the ingredients label and the nutrition wow. facts and i'm like oh god i'm killing myself with this and how am i supposed to eat taco bell six times a week <laughs> and also drink this soda i couldn't so i had to sacrifice the soda because y'all know i wasn't sacrificing my fast food those Hat Creek burgers, too. There you and, go. And, uh, well, Olipop has got me back into soda because it's healthy. It's got nine grams of fiber in every can, only two to five grams of sugar in every can. There's prebiotics in there. There's botanicals in there. There's plant fibers in there. I don't know what any of that means. I just know it's good for me. It's good for my digestive health, and it will be good for yours, too. And like the buck said, it tastes like soda. It's healthy soda. Uh, they found a way to make it happen. Miracle workers over there at Olipop. Let me tell you. Buck. Yes, sir. You, you have any uh, gold star locks of yes, the weekend? I, oh, yes, I do. Because you're down 21,000 units. Well, I'm, gonna make, I'm just going to make a small play of 5,000 units on the Philadelphia Eagles. I said there would be a split this year between the two teams, so it's going to be a home and home. 
Cowboys aren't going to Philadelphia to win that game this week. I know they've been playing well. They're all excited. Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott, Dakota's looking real good. Not this week. Everybody's healthy. Carter's back for Philadelphia in that defensive line. Uh, I'm, t- I'm going to take the Eagles by seven in this one. I'm going to give you a 5,000-unit play. Take the Eagles. The Eagles are three-point favorites. That's yeah. a low line considering this game is in Philadelphia. I'm thinking they're winning by seven by a touchdown. Well, I'm grateful for you for doing that because now the Cowboys actually have a chance. Oh, I see. So thank you for that. That's awfully kind of you, you know. I've had a pretty good sports week already, and now no, you're giving my Cowboys. But you know who's been missing out of your sports week and your World Series? This little feller here. He was here yesterday. Wait a minute. He just came in to congratulate you. That's not him doing his normal little dance. I got to put him back on his stand. You know, he shouldn't be. <laughs> he broke. Be, yeah, he fell off his stand. There he goes. Now he's fine. Look at that. Did anybody from the Rangers play shortstop? Anybody play like this guy right here? Yeah, better than that guy. Better than this guy right yeah, here? Yeah, the World Series MVP, Corey Seager. They're very comparable. That's all. Okay. Come on. Is Corey the captain, too? Does he have the C on his jersey? Not yet. Not no. yet. But this guy had the C on his jersey from the day he walked in the building. Okay. You know how many World Series MVPs Derek Jeter won? One. One. You know how many World Series MVP Corey two. Seager's won? With two different teams. Yes. Two good job. Yeah. Good job, Corey. You'll hope you'll be able to marry a lady who can make a horse talk. Well, unless Jeets gets divorced, it ain't happening. <laughs> and I guess Seager's married too, so he would also have to get divorced. And I don't there think that's go. happening either. I mean, I was within 50 feet of Jeets. Yesterday or two days ago, whenever game five of the World Series. Is he was. much bigger than the figurine? Yeah, he's not like four inches tall. Is he about a, is he a six one guy, six two, maybe? Yeah, he's taller than you for sure. Well, of course he's taller than me. Well, yeah, that's a pretty low bar to clear. He's taller than Kyler me and Kyler Murray. Yeah, probably put together. Now, is that dude playing football anymore, Kyler Murray? I keep hearing he's ready to go for the Cardinals. What are they holding back with him for? Because they're trying to lose so they can draft Caleb Williams. Uh, that's the deal. And what are they going to do with Kyler Murray and then dump that dude? Yeah, they'll have to trade him. He's got that wow. crazy contract, so it won't be easy to trade, but they can't uh, They can't cut him. Yeah, I don't know. Rumors that uh, Kyler is healthy and could potentially be playing this week, but I don't know if it's actually going to happen. I don't think we've gotten an official announcement yet from Arizona. Let me ask you this, Buck. That's your, that's your only 5,000-unit play? Because earlier this week you were talking about Bedlam. And you were saying how Oklahoma State is going to pull off the upset against okay. OU in the now last ever. Now that you push me into it, I'm going to put another 5,000 units on Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy. I know nationally televised. That scares me a little bit because Gundy is afraid of the on-field cameras. I mean, he's not afraid when he gets in the media room and he starts yelling at writers. But on the field, not so much. But I'm going to take them this week because Ollie Gordon – that dude can go. Yeah. That, he will devastate that Oklahoma defense in the run Where game. Where are we at in society today? <laughs> I don't that. know. But you found a running back coach, and you can get it done. And, they're, you know, they're, they're tied for the lead here, too, in the Big 12. That yep. will hurt Oklahoma. That's spanking it. And they're going to get spanked, too. This is not going to be a field goal game. This is going to be a spanking for the last time. You know, Gundy's mad about, about Oklahoma taking off and going – headed to the SEC with its buddy Texas holding hands on the way to the SEC. Gundy said, we'll never play this game again. Yeah, you won't be there for never. So they won't play that game for about three years, and then they'll be playing it again in the state of Oklahoma. 
unlike it took us forever to get back to the Aggies, Man. get back to whipping that ass. So it know. is. Uh, oh, you think it's going to be more? I don't. I think that thing is going to be back in a hurry. They don't have much to. They don't have much have to to root about in the state of Oklahoma. <laughs> really, the Thunder is that going to be it? That's their new interest right there, Casey. The Thunder, really? Thunder. Come on. Yeah, and Oklahoma softball is pretty good too. Oh yeah, that's right. What about them? Yeah, Oklahoma is going to get whooped this weekend. This You're is, saying it's going to be a blowout for OSU? Yeah, I'm going, yeah, I'm, I'm going 10 or more points. Wow, well, you're getting six. OU is a six-point favorite, so to win your gold star lock, your 5,000-unit play, all you need is OSU to cover the six. So you don't even need a win, let alone a blowout win. But Blowout city right here this weekend. I, I told you earlier this week what the record was in Bedlam, right? Yeah, you know, some of that stuff you got to throw out, throw out, throw it out. No, this ain't Texas OU where you throw it out. This is uh, now the same shit happens every year when these two teams play. Over and over and over. Over and over and over. Mike Gundy himself is 3-15 and 15 against OU, and OU is 91-19 and 19 against Oklahoma State in the history of this uh, great rivalry, which Oklahoma it is a rivalry, State. but – it's been as one-sided. I mean, you thought Texas versus Texas A&M was one-sided, and it was one-sided. Uh, this is next-level one-sidedness. And they're they're going to run their running back this week, and that guy that guy doesn't look to come out of the games. They're going to run him 35, 40 times this week. Yeah, and Kansas was able to run the football very effectively against OU and, and handing Oklahoma its first loss. And you're right, Ollie Gordon leads the not only the Big 12, but the nation in rushing yards right now and – well, Oklahoma State has just been handing him the ball over and over and over again, right? This ain't yeah, a, he's, he's the right, right now. Yeah. He's the number one back in the nation. He has size. He has incredible speed for that size too. Yeah, he does. That dude looks like he weighs two and a quarter, and and tall and can just get it. I mean, when there's a crease, BK, he's gone. Yeah, he's you smooth with him. it too. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a good player. So, no, that's what OSU is going to try to do. And if OU's run defense looks as bad as it did in Lawrence last weekend, then you've got the shot of the upset right there. Uh, some definite questions with OU leaving that loss to Kansas last Saturday. Any witty any witty sweatshirts from OU last week? Not really. No, and I didn't see Kansas, even though that was Kansas's biggest win in a decade plus. Uh, they didn't do that. So No. No, no. They're not running around with with T-shirts on. No, I didn't see any uh, Oklahoma fears Kansas, Kansas fears God shirts made by the Jayhawks, but I also didn't see any uh, new shirts made by OU. But, hey, if they win Bedlam again, yeah, you can bet the T-shirt models will be out again in Norman. (laughs) T-shirt models. I love it. The head coach and his boys, really. Yes, That is something, yes. And what yeah. about the uh, – any thoughts on Kansas-Iowa State? We're going to ask Lee about these games here in a moment. But uh, you've got three massive Big 12 games. Obviously, the one here with Texas and K-State. But the one in Bedlam, the one in Stillwater is huge with OU-OSU. And then Iowa State, another one of the teams that somehow, some way is tied for first place in the conference. They host Kansas, who is right behind all of these teams in the Big 12 standings right now. Uh, Iowa State's kind of turned things around. And, once yes. again, they're 4-1 and one in the Big 12. They've – They've turned a corner. They went from maybe the biggest joke in college football to a team that's in the mix for a conference title right now. Weren't they playing smucks in the beginning of the year, though? Haven't they played a kind of smucky schedule? I mean, there's nothing. They did lose to a schmuck. They lost to Ohio U in the non-con. So even some of the schmucks they were playing early on, they beat. Uh, I mean, yeah, look, the last 
the last three weeks, they've beaten Baylor, they've beaten Cincinnati, and they've beaten TCU. Sucks. None of those teams are very good. No. They did beat Oklahoma State. Now, they caught Oklahoma State in the conference opener when OSU didn't have its ish together, but they've got it figured out. Uh, they lost. Their only conference loss was in Norman. They lost 50-20. to 20. I will say that game was kind of close for most of the first half, and then OU just pulled away. Uh, but, yeah, like the I one really – I expect them to win at home. Against, yeah, in a, uh, in a, in a close game. Yep, they are favored against, uh, against KU, so – um yeah i don't know that should be should be an interesting one all right before we bring lee sterling on here uh how about a word for who do you want to mention here doc you what do you think yeah i want to talk about doc you my good dentist there he's all of our good dentists all-star group professionals they do everything from general dentistry to the most advanced work most advanced work how about restoring teeth did that for me in just two visits i got these pretty veneers put in and dr record can do the same for you but if you want a smile in just a day Turn that frown upside down in just a one day. How about this? Dental implants, folks. You'll leave us with a smile the exact day you go in there, which is kind of cool. 512-345-3166. Find out if you're a candidate for, for dental implants with Dr. Eckert. Also, general dentistry, extractions, teeth cleaning, teeth widening, tooth loss solution. See the good doctor. Do not let your dental health screw up with the rest of your health. I'm not going to let it happen for sure because I've got the purdies. I got the pearlies. That's right. I love my pearlies, and you will too. Folks, he's taking on uh, new clients all the time. But now, if you've got dental insurance and you've been a client of Dr. Eggers, please don't lose your dental insurance. It's going to be gone at the end of next month. So start making appointments with Dr. Eggers today, 512-345-3166. And once again, IV sedation. If you don't want to go to the dentist and you're afraid of the dentist, he will get you IV sedation so you can take care of of your dental health. He's our dentist. He should be your dentist also. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Doc U. Shout out to SentexTickets.com as well. I bought my World Series tickets from SentexTickets.com. There you go, kid. And if you're trying to go to the game tomorrow, it is a sellout, but it doesn't mean they don't have tickets for you on there at SentexTickets.com. Texas K-State, they've got you covered there. Any Longhorn game, any Aggie game, any college game, any NFL game, basketball, hockey, every Men's sport. and women's basketball, University of Texas. About oh, yeah, Monday. Up. Game one is Monday. I think I'll be in the building at the Mood Monday night for the uh, season opener against the Incarnate Word. There you if go. You, if you want to be in the building, they've got you. Send texttickets.com. Texting Lee Sterling to make sure. But uh, he's ready to roll this morning. I think we're good to go there. We'll get you his picks. And a reminder, John Kurtz, who covers K-State, will be with us uh, a little after 9.30 to uh, continue to talk more about Texas and Kansas State. Uh, but Cowboys-Eagles, you just made the Eagles a 5,000-unit lock of the weekend. Yes. Any chance for the Cowboys in this one, or are you just feeling that well, strong? Well, I mean, I, I, think, I think if Dak Prescott continues – to get C.D. Lamb involved early in the football game, yeah. there's a chance. But I, I think this this defensive line for the Eagles, they're back to full strength now. The big man's back. I mean, Carter's having a fantastic year as a rookie. He's back. They, I, I think they get after this this uh, Cowboys offensive line this week and kind of smothers and, and keeps Dak. Probably get three – I'm looking at three sacks mm. on Dak. Although he's taking off and running with the ball, his timing has been really, really good on when yeah. it's time to leave that pocket and keep the chains moving. And he's getting a lot of guys involved in, in this offense, but they can't run it a lick. Right. So that's right, going right, to be a right. problem if they can't right. run against Philadelphia, and I don't think they will be able to. Well, let's get the uh, expert predictions here for that you game. And for... You just didn't get it? 
No, no. Here's the real expert right here. Our man, Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com, the hottest handicapper in the history of the known universe joining us right now. What's up, Lee? I'm good. Uh, he's Bucky's like Santa's helper. So he's right here. He's my, <laughs> he's my, he's my number one elf. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Thank I love you, it. Lee, Lee, we've got a, a weekly punching bag. Wait, wait, game. Brad. Yeah. Brad, hold on. Still waiting for the hat. The hat. Where's the oh. hat? He's mine. He sees this. No. Yeah, Texas, Texas Forts Unfiltered. Yeah. Okay. I'll send you one. Okay. I'll send it to you you this week. He's too busy traveling the world, following the Rangers around the world. I Uh, know. Crazy. So did you move down and since you were in the upper deck to start off? Right. Did you did you slide down to the lower level? Yeah, not until the final out, right? I mean, I stayed okay. in the same seats. Uh, you know, it was a close game until the ninth inning. The Rangers obviously broke it open in the top of the ninth, but right. uh, no, nobody really left. And I did, I'm so superstitious. Like, I wasn't leaving my damn seat while the Rangers were winning. So, uh, yeah, right after the last out of the game, okay. the buddies I was with and I were like, oh, let's go close to the field for the trophy presentation. And we somehow picked the right spot to where uh, right. the Fox cameras found us and threw us on TV. So it was great. It was great. Did, um, how how'd you get there? Did you did you pile up in uh, in one of your friends' cars, or did you spring for the the three four hundred bucks uh, airfare? We uh, we flew out there. Did you pay thousands wow. to get there? You paid thousands overnight, overnight <laughs> parking and everything else. <laughs> oh, wow. Lee, he stayed you know, in it's... an Airbnb that somebody was still in it when they got there. I mean, <laughs> what kind of place is this? <laughs> Disaster. Bucky, Bucky, that doesn't bother him. It's spending the money that bothered him. Oh, he spent it all. He didn't care. That was a, right. This was a dream of a lifetime. Right. For him. Hey, right. I'm going to make it all back with your picks this weekend, Lee. I'm okay. not worried about it. All right, not, here we go. I'm not worried about it at all. Hey, how about this for uh, for our guy Bill Cohen over there at Joe Cohen and Son Jewelers? We got a, a weekly punching bag game to start off before we get to some of the other games. Ole Miss and Texas A&M, the Rebels, a three-point favorite against the Aggies. What are you thinking here, Lee? So the game plan, if I'm Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin can stay on course. He's like that kid that, you know, is pretty good, but eventually he's going to, you know, have his meltdown. And he usually has it against Alabama. If he's smart, just keep feeding junk. This kid has over 475 yards the last four games. And what we're finding out, if he does that, then Dart, he's, he's really good at play action when you get to like second and two, second and four. But if you try to throw to open up the running game, doesn't work for Ole Miss. Now, next week might be a different story against Georgia. Lane Kiffin might melt down. I might go the other way. But Max Johnson, I don't know if we can even call him a game-time manager now. He's just not getting the job done here. I mean, how often are they going to keep mentioning, oh, he throws to his brother? I mean, it's a story we keep hearing. They bring it up at least two, three times a game. If that's all they got here, I know the defensive line's really good for AM, but I think they're going to be able to run enough here. And the offense, I don't think AM can get to 20. We're going to go with Ole Miss here. We're not going to jump in the deep end. We're going to like, you know, when you sit on the deep end and you put both feet in, like up to your ankles, we're going to do that. Yeah. Ole Miss here, 27 17 over AM. Sorry, Bill. All right, Lee, uh, a big game this weekend, the Longhorns. Of course, beat yep. Alabama and Tuscaloosa. They're starting to find their way with their quarterback. LSU has found their way with their quarterback. That's a, that's a tight game in Tuscaloosa. 
Alabama's minus three. What do you think of that game? I think Nick Saban's sitting in on the meetings on the bye week, both offensive and defensive meetings. And mm-hmm. he does not like losing at all, especially two years in a row to a new coach in the conference. Did you guys see his press conference this week? I did not catch that. No. It looked like he had one or a couple broken blood vessels. So I don't know whether it's <laughs> up late. From, from being staying up late or being uh, perturbed and, and, and wanting to – to, to get a little revenge here on Mr. Kelly. But uh, he did not take kindly to losing 32-31 to 31 on that two-point conversion last year. LSU's offense between, uh, I mean, what they do, throwing the football is special. They've thrown for at least 320 yards in every single game. But I think their defense, which has given up more than 490 yards against the top three opponents, I think that might be their undoing. They lost two or three of those games. Probably even should have lost that game to Missouri here. I think Nick's going to come up with a game plan on defense to limit, maybe limit them to 30 points, maybe. Mm. And then on offense, they'll come up with a couple big key plays here. Don't don't discount special teams. Alabama special teams, very good. And home field advantage here. You don't want to go against Nick Saban here, revenge here. We're going to go. How about this? Roll Tide. Alabama 38-30. I love it, Lee. Looks good for, looks good for Texas, too, if they win. Uh, yeah, we're rooting for Alabama. I don't do that often, but uh, we definitely are here this year. Uh, you're the swing vote on this one. Bucky is all in on Oklahoma State in Bedlam. Right. And I'm just looking at the history of this rivalry, and I'm saying, how the hell could you ever be all in on Oklahoma State? Bedlam means a lot this year. It's in Stillwater. OUA six-point road favorite. What are you thinking? So give Oklahoma State credit. I didn't – first of all, this is maybe the least talented team we've seen in the last 15, 20 years for Oklahoma State. Gundy and their coaching staff done a great job, yeah. but I don't think they match up against Oklahoma. I like Oklahoma after a loss. If they know what's coming and a lot of running and short passing game, I think they got a chance to stop them. The DBs uh, for Oklahoma are terrible. Pass rush isn't great here, but I think uh, the escapability here of Gabriel quarterback, I think might be the difference here. Uh, not a game I love. I'm not giving this to my clients, but I like Oklahoma here, 34-24. All right, Lee, the uh, the game that we'll all be very interested in tomorrow, Texas yep. versus K-State. You know, the, the purple kryptonite comes to town once again. They've, uh, they have been just rolling teams on the way to Austin, Texas. And for Texas, I, I, I don't like the physicality that I've seen from this offensive line over the last couple games. Uh, what do you think of this Texas favorite by four? All right. So I thought Malik Murphy was fine. I think that the coaching staff went into that game and we kind of, you know, you're never really sure how a game's going to play out, but this was one last week. I finally got right. And I thought that they felt that BYU couldn't score 20 points on them. So mm-hmm. why, you know, why get fancy? Why do double reverse passes, stuff like that, run the ball a lot. And if BYU can't get to 20, just keep it simple and use your talent and win the ball game. And they did that. And I think Murphy is fine. I don't know if they're going to open up the playbook enough here for them to be real successful. I think Kansas State, if they're smart, they realize their weakness is, even though the numbers will point out a little over 100 rushing yards per game, Texas is going to run the football early and often. Yeah. I think they're going to stack the box if they're smart. Now, sometimes – 
My biggest problem, guys, when I'm handicapping a game, I can usually figure out what will probably work, but a coach might feel differently. I play seven, sometimes eight in the box here and tempt Texas to throw the football down the field and maybe get some sacks and some turnovers. Do they do it? Maybe, maybe not. But uh, their offense, I do know this. They're going to pose some challenges here to Texas. Will Howard, he's a streaky passer. And he went through a period middle of this year, did not look good. But I think that there's a, uh, a window where he might be able uh, to have some success. And then they'll bring in Avery Johnson here. And if they do, I think that they can score enough here. I think they also might have the coaching advantage, even though coaching staff for Texas has done better of late here. I like Kansas State to pull the small upset here. 35-30. Oh, brutal. Brutal. Sorry, sorry. Brad, Brad, you, you got a World Series. You can't have everything in one week. <laughs> yeah, really. Hey, that's fair. Hey, hey here, just... for, here's yeah. what I'm hoping. Here's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Texas wins like 33-31, and that way everyone's happy. There you, there go. you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. hey, I'll give yeah. you credit. Uh, you were on BYU last week. That was a client play. You had Texas covering against yep. BYU. I, I thought you were crazy, but that's why you're you, and uh, I've got this horrible-looking mustache on right now. <laughs> uh, Lee, we got to wake up early on Sunday because the Germany game in the NFL is maybe the game of the day in the yep. NFL. It's the 6-2 and two Dolphins against the 6-2 and two Chiefs. This is very close to a pick'em line. I think Kansas City is like a point and a half favorite right now. Uh, man, this should be a lot of fun, right? Yeah, I, I this I mean should have been played in Miami or Kansas City. They made yeah. a big mistake with this game, especially the first game in Germany. You know, give them uh, give them New New England and New Orleans. You know, the there battle for the olds, the old style <laughs> offense. But um, I like the fact that Miami left on Monday uh, to get acclimated to the time change. If you ever been to Europe, um, you know. I'm sure you haven't done it on your own dime, Brad. So uh, uh, maybe you can get the parents uh, for a 10-year anniversary that they've, uh, you know, cut off the umbilical cord to, to pay for that. But uh, usually it takes about three or four days to feel fully acclimated. And what happened? What did uh, we see the Kansas City Chiefs do? They left on Thursday. Well, also, yeah, like well, they could. Well, Kelsey couldn't go. Taylor Swift said he couldn't go that, that soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's here's the here's the X factor for Miami. I think they're getting back enough offensive linemen. One point in the game last weekend, they were down all five starting offensive linemen. That's right, all five were out for about two series. It looks like three to four will be back here for this game. They also got back Jalen Ramsey. He had a pick last week, almost took to the house. They'll also get back Xavier Howard. Uh, Holland, their star safety here. I think Kansas City should have made a move and gone for a and tried to get a wide receiver. I don't think they're the same on offense this year. How about it? Finally, my Dolphins break through against someone good. Miami Dolphins, number one. They take the ball down the field like no one can. Dolphins, 34-30 over KC. 34-30. All right, Lee, the big one here. Yeah. Uh, not here, but in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is right. minus three to the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott looking pretty good, getting that offense really cranked up. They still can't run. And if you no. can't run against this Philadelphia defense, that's a long day for Dak Prescott to drop back and pass because Jalen uh, Carter's back. He's back healthy. They bring in maybe the best defensive line in football against Dak Prescott. And a, a team that can't run the ball has problems against Philadelphia. Well, 
I think it might help that Tyron Smith probably can be back for this game. And if he is, you know, uh, <laughs> you got a guy here who been an eight-time pro bowler, solidifies the offensive line. You don't need to have 130, 140 yards rushing. Get you some 80 or 90 yards rushing. Move the pocket. There are ways to stay away from that big boy Carter. So I think the Cowboys have owned Philadelphia, won and covered for the last five here. I think Jalen Hurts is not 100%. You know, he's not running as much with that sore knee. And Philadelphia's only looked good one time this year against Miami. And Miami was down three linemen, two of the top three and best offensive linemen. So they were able to out-physical Miami. I don't think they're going to be able to do it against Dallas. And I think the pass rush is going to pose some problems here. So the Philadelphia, the fact that Hurts maybe not 100% and their secondary is weak. I think that Dallas's receiver is going to have a big game here. Wrong team favored. Dallas outright here. 2720. There you go. That's how yeah. you bounce back. I, I'll there forgive the Texas pick now if you're going to pick the Cowboys yeah. on the, on Sunday. Yeah. All right, Lee. Am I seeing this right? I'm on ParamountSports.com right now. Is the uh, the one-day all-access pass making a return tonight? It is. It is. Last week, I mean, um, you had like your all your friends that are just like you won't pay more than $20 for one day. So <laughs> That's them, uh, yeah. Seven selections, all four sports, football tonight. We got NBA, hockey, and my top UFC selection for tomorrow. Seven selections. Last week we went seven and one. I added an extra play, a Brad Kellner bonus play. Went <laughs> seven and one. Seven selections, $17, just one place, ParamountSports.com. And the Georgia-Mizzou game, right? You're giving that yep. out as a free pick to folks, yep. too, if they call in? Yep, first uh, five callers. Call right now. They get it for free, 800-400-9741. This guy is the best handicapper in the world, and he's also giving you $17 picks and free picks. Nobody nice. does it better than Lee Brad, Sterling. Brad, one, yep. one last question. Uh-oh, Lee, we lost your sound. We lost hey. you, Lee. You got muted somehow. I don't know what happened. I'm he so doesn't intrigued. want you to hear it. He just doesn't want you to hear it. That's what it is. He I'm wants so you to mute it. So intrigued by the final question. All right, there he goes. Now we'll uh, I'll have to ask Lee on the side. He's probably going to rag on the mustache. Uh, before we get to our next guest, because I do see our next guest in the building, do want to mention that the Lee Sterling segment is brought to you by our friends at Joe Cohen and Son Jewelers, Austin's oldest family-owned and operated business of any kind bill cohen the fourth generation jeweler gemologist in the family the business has been around for 140 years buck a lot has changed in austin since 1883 you've seen it all so you know firsthand. <laughs> one thing that hasn't changed is the way the cohen family does business joe cohen started the business honesty integrity value and service that's what he stood for and that's what joe cohen and son jewelers has always stood for <laughs> plenty of places have jewelry but nobody's going to treat you better than the great people over at Joe Cohen and Son Jewelers. Go see our guy, Bill. He's become a good friend of mine. He's a great friend of Lee Sterling's. He will take care of you. You don't need to know anything about jewelry or watches or rings or necklaces or pendants, any of that stuff. You just need to know our guy, Bill, and the team at Joe Cohen and Son Jewelers right there downtown, 6th and Congress. Free parking? Free, free parking. How's that? How's that? As well. 
Check him out online at JoeCohenJewelers.com. And we are loaded with guests today. And, oh, man, this guy is one of my favorites. He's got a great YouTube channel. We're always trying to promote other YouTube channels as well. Search John Kurtz on YouTube. Tons of K-State content, but he's also all over the Big 12 and college football as well. Close to 20,000 subscribers these days. This guy is killing it, and he's uh, the best in the business when it co- when it comes to covering Kansas State football. My guy John Kurtz is joining us right now. What's up, John? Hey, BK. Good to talk to you, man. Uh, good to talk to you as well, man. Really appreciate you joining us here just a day before a massive, massive game here in Austin and uh, plenty to get into. We'll start with the turnaround for K-State. I mean, this team was 3-2, and two, right? It felt like there were more questions than answers coming out of that loss in Stillwater on that Friday night. And then all of a sudden, I mean, K-State looks like the best team in the country. They have just been mowing down teams throughout this three-game win streak. What's been the biggest change or the biggest changes for Kansas State as they've kind of turned their season around and gotten back into Big 12 contention? Yeah, you laid it out pretty well. I mean, leaving that game in Stillwater, I, I felt about as bad as I felt about the team since 2020, which was a really rough year where they they obviously missed a bowl game. The only time that's happened under Chris Kleiman, I think it was one of K State's worst performances in the in the Chris Kleiman era, quite frankly. And that the offense felt very disjointed uh, at that point. They were still a little bit hesitant to go with Avery Johnson much. Will Howard was really struggling. I think the biggest thing that has changed is that the offensive line got a lot better. And the offensive line coming into the year was supposed to be a huge strength. It was bringing back literally everybody from last year's Big 12 championship team. Now, they did have a couple of injuries at the beginning of the year that slowed them down and affected some continuity. And uh, I think that was a part of what was going on. But they just they weren't doing what they had done at the end of last year. And with K-State not able to consistently run the ball, the passing game this year just is not good enough uh, to get it done. It's not the passing game of last year where not only you had Deuce Vaughn as a huge weapon there, but – Malik Knowles, who was a legitimate downfield threat, nobody has stepped into that role this year. You thought it was going to be Keegan Johnson, who was a high-profile transfer from Iowa that they got away from Texas A&M and Notre Dame. He's been kind of hurt and just has not done much. I believe he has 73 receiving yards on the year. So it is it has not come together for him at all. This has turned into an offense that's just all about running the ball, but whether it's the quarterbacks or the backs, throwing to the backs, and then utilizing a lot of like jet sweep action the last couple of weeks uh, with the receivers too. So finding creative ways. Colin Klein's done a really good job at getting creative with the offense, but that all starts with the the offensive line doing what it is that we thought that they would do at the beginning of the year. The, the other thing too, and I, I shouldn't overlook the defense because I feel like sometimes it's easy to do. They don't have a star like Felix Anyadike Uzama last year, who was a first-round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs. But they have a lot of guys who have been very good. And collectively together, they formed a pretty solid unit. They lost Daniel Green early in the year, who was an all-Big 12 linebacker, lost him for the season. And so I think that was a part of it. It took some time to kind of get used to not having him out there. But Austin Romaine, who's a true freshman, has been doing a tremendous job um, and has really come into his own. So I think it's those two things, the defense and the offensive line. And the, the secondary is another area where they had a lot of new faces that have been integrated now more cohesive and they're just they're playing really well as a unit it's hard to single out like hey here's the star or two on the defense everybody is playing pretty well at an above average level and they, they don't have a ton of weaknesses there right now you know I we, we I think we know what we get with with Howard but Avery Johnson uh John what do you know about his uh before he got to K-State and what type of athlete he he, he looks like a a kid that was a baseball basketball football Jim Rat, let's get out. You know, I'm playing. I'm, Mom, I'll see you when the you know when the street light comes on because I'm going out to play something. 
he looks like the kind of kid to just play a little bit of everything in his life, not just the quarterback position, but different positions in football and basketball and everything else. You nailed it. Uh, you can go find some some great videos of him dunking in basketball. Uh, he had some some nice highlight reel moments in his basketball career at Mays High School uh, in Kansas in the Wichita area. And he was a baseball player, too. And uh, he uncorked a throw. I'm trying to remember, was that like, yeah, it was last week. It was the Houston game. Uh, it was kind of like a Patrick Mahomes sidearm sort of angle that brought to mind, like, hey, this, this kid has been a baseball player and just a, a stud athlete that – Honestly, you know, he's the highest rated quarterback K-State has had since Josh Freeman, which was 15 to 20 years. That was like 2006. Uh, so the, the highest rated quarterback recruit K-State has had in a long time. I would still tell you I think he was probably a bit underrated by some of the recruiting services. I mean, I, I think he is that good uh, because everybody knows about the wheels. And I mean, his athleticism, his speed is is an elite, elite level. But he's also got a great arm. And it's a lot of like off-platform sort of throws if you go look at his his high school mm -hmm. film. You know, it's in that new mold of I know everyone, you know, it's not fair to compare anybody to Patrick Mahomes. But you're seeing a younger generation of quarterbacks playing like that because that's what they're seeing at the NFL level. And he's definitely of that ilk um, and has had some really nice throws. I mean, to be honest, if we're talking about the amount of dimes that have been dropped by K-State quarterbacks this year, Avery Johnson has had as many or more than Will Howard. Um, it just it hasn't quite been there for Will like it was last year. And Avery Johnson has that potential. Now, he also is a freshman. And last week, he comes in his first series of the game against Houston after K-State's offense scores two touchdowns with Will Howard and fumbles an exchange on a, uh, a read option play, which is the second time that's happened this year to him. It happened in back-to-back -back weeks against TCU and Houston. So he still has his freshman moments, and that's what's made this quarterback situation a little bit weird is that Avery Johnson has so much higher of a ceiling but he also has his freshman moments. And Will Howard can be – he's had a couple of games back-to-back -back here where he's been really dialed in pretty good, kind of a game manager style, but it's not been really like pushing it down the field. So you're missing like uh, the, the high-profile sort of plays, like game-breaking plays. You're not getting as many of those out of Will Howard. So that's, that's kind of the conundrum they're in at quarterback right now. But Avery Johnson is definitely the quarterback of the future. He is, he is a stud in the making. And uh, obviously, I mean, you can ask Texas Tech about, about his legs and his wheels, the five touchdowns that he had in that game, the damage that he can do. And so he, he helps the offense too, give them a little more explosion. Yeah, I can imagine him being a Division I uh, wide receiver, getting out there and making things happen at, at, any other, at a lot of different positions on the football field. Yeah, that type of athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's uh, he's a beast. And I'm kind of glad Texas only has to see that dude one time because he's wow. going to be terrorizing the Big 12, I think, over the next few seasons. You know, John, you kind of brought this up in that last answer. Like, what do you think the, the perfect game plan? Like, okay, in Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein's perfect world, how do they rotate these quarterbacks? Because two weeks ago against TCU, it felt like literally every other position they were switching. And then you said it last week, they started with Howard and then – uh, it felt like more Howard throughout the course of the game. Like in the perfect world, is it just you ride the hot hand? Is it you alternate guys throughout the course of the game? Like how do you think they're going to try to game plan those two quarterbacks and using them against a very, very good Texas defense? It's an interesting question because, I, I mean, what they did against TCU was, was so rare. I don't know that you'll ever see it work like that again. They literally just switched every series. And the off, it did not matter who was out there at quarterback. They were scoring points virtually every possession, which – you know, probably says something about TCU's defense, but even still, you just don't see that work with like disrupting the rhythm of a quarterback very often. Um, and then last week, it was definitely riding the hot hand, and Howard was the hot hand. Um, Avery Johnson got some run late in the game when it was uh, out of reach, and and still looked pretty good. But he he messed up his one opportunity early on, and Will Howard was playing well, so you just continue to go with him. It, it's a I always think like the the highest ceiling for this team is if Avery Johnson 
comes into his own and, and starts to develop at a pretty rapid pace and ditches some of the mistakes. But I don't know how realistic that really is. So I, I kind of just come back to I think it's somebody gets hot. I think the best case scenario is somebody gets hot and you don't really have to worry about too much flipping back and forth between them. And and probably the more likely scenario there, I would think, is that it's Will Howard that gets hot and then you can use Avery Johnson sometimes in some packages. It's interesting the, the way they used him against Missouri, which a game that K-State probably should have won early in the year. They were using Avery Johnson in like second and long. They would bring him in and run him. And a lot of times he was picking up six, seven yards and getting him in third and manageable. And then they would take him out of the game. So they've even done stuff as specific as that, where it was literally, I think all five of his carries that game were in second and long situations. So they've done it a bunch of different ways so far this year. I'm not sure exactly what they'll have cooked up, but I do think the less switching back and forth that you're having to do between the two, probably the better. And when I say switching, I mean like switching out for drives. I think it's a little bit different if, if again, you're using Avery and like situational uh, appearances there, but Who's going to have that hot hand? I still think that's very much up in the air because I worry about what happens to uh, Will Howard under pressure with the Texas defensive line, um, what, what they can generate. And if, if K-State's not able to run the ball as well, that's the other thing that gets really interesting because they've, they've just enforced their will on the last couple of opponents, really the last three going back to Texas Tech. They've had no problem running the ball at all, and that's, that's going to be a lot different against Texas. So if that happens – I don't know. You might have to to get a little bit more Avery heavy and, and try and figure some things out that way. And John, how do you feel about uh, K State? Um, you know, they have put you know they forced their will upon the last couple of teams. How will they stop the run? I mean, what do you think of Jonathan Brooks? I mean, he's not just he's not just one of the best backs in the in the in the conference. He's one of the best backs in the nation. Yeah, and I mean, K State still has nightmares of Bijan Robinson last year and what he was able to do going for over 200 in Manhattan. I mean, it seemed like they couldn't stop him at all. I, I, Texas, I believe, rushed for over seven yards of carry last year in that game. So um, yeah, that'll be a huge key. I mean, I, I've been saying all week, I think the, the key to this game is in the trenches on both sides because this yeah. is, I mean, Texas is on another level from what they have been clearly over the last six years where they've had this winning streak over K State uh, in the trenches. And I think that's a, a huge concern. I will say, I mean, the strength of the K-State defense throughout the entirety of the year has been the run defense. It's been the back end that took some time to really come around, um, particularly because they were just replacing a lot. You know, they lost a couple of NFL mm-hmm. players out of that secondary, including Julius Brents, who was a second-round pick of the Colts, um, Josh Hayes at safety, Kobe Savage, who's a stud back there in the uh, safety room for K-State. He was coming off of a serious knee injury last year, so I think it took him a little bit of time to just get going at the beginning of the year, but now he's kind of back Uh, In the swing of things, they had an injury to Will Lee, uh, stud junior college cornerback that they really like. And now he's back. He had a great game last week, had a a pick and a forced fumble. Uh, So I think they're they're rounding into form there. But the run defense has been what they've leaned on and and relied on throughout a lot of the year. So it's going to be kind of one of those strength on strength sort of matchups, I think, when it comes to uh, Jonathan Brooks and company against against the K-State run D. Yeah, you might have mentioned it, John, when you're talking about the trenches. But uh, I'm curious, like forget the six years. We'll just talk about the four years where Chris Kleiman has been the coach uh, at K-State and hasn't been able to beat Texas. Has, has that been the biggest difference? Like what, where's, cause it feels like K-State usually dominates up front. Uh, has that been the biggest difference? Like what's been the key for Texas and what's been the biggest problem for K-State in recent years in this matchup? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a really frustrating series because most of these most of these losses over the last six years have been razor thin margins. Like yeah. they've been really close games. 2020 is the one exception where, where K-State was totally outclassed. And Texas is the only team that Chris Kleiman has not beaten in the Big 12. Uh, so it, it has been the one bugaboo that's still hanging around there. I think a lot of it is like 
Texas, if Texas is, I mean, it's kind of the classic trope, right? If Texas is motivated, they've always had much more talent than K-State. And I, some of it might be just getting getting Texas's attention a little bit more. And if you get a focused Texas, it's going to be pretty pretty difficult for K-State to match up with them because of the inherent talent disadvantage that's going to be there. But I do think if you go back to like last year, again, the ground game, and I can remember 2020, I guess Texas did basically whatever they wanted there. Um, 2021, you had that was a game that got Cordy Messingham fired, K-State's old offensive coordinator. I think it was actually a benefit long-term for the program because they got Colin Klein in and he's given the offense just a totally different sort of edge. Um, but the offense was really the problem there. So I guess I, I kind of a little bit getting dominated in the trenches and a little bit you can just pinpoint something different from uh, from each game that's that's been a real problem for them. Uh, hmm. So I don't know that there's like one specific thing I can point to other than, again, like it's just it's always going to be a tougher matchup for K-State because of the the talent disparity that you're going to have between the two rosters. And it, I mean, that's going to be true again this year. Um, but I, I think one of the things that may equalize it is, you know, what, what are you going to get out of Texas at the quarterback position? Um, I think I think that will be one of the big factors in the game, too. Well, I, I think there's a, the, the difference to me is right now that Texas wants to be they want to they want to play with physicality on the offensive line. Last couple of games, they have not. And that, that's something that Coach Kleiman doesn't even have to talk about. That's just a part of the culture at K-State. Win, lose, or draw, no matter what your record is, it's going, to be, it's going to be a physical game. You don't have to spend your time talking about how physical we're going to be. They'll show up. They may not have as much talent, but they show up with some physicality on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And that was, I thought, one of the interesting points of Chris Kleiman's press conference this week. Someone asked about, you know, hey, like, Texas is really good in the trenches. Like, how are you going to be able to run the ball against them? And he basically said, well, look, we can't not do what we do. I mean, they may be really good at it, but we're going to have to go line up and try and do what we do because that's we can't get away from who we are just because the strength of the opponent is. So K-State will not shy away from it. You're definitely going to see them run the ball. And and really the key for them all year, and this has even gone with Howard in the game, who you don't think of as being as much of a runner as Avery Johnson, but the quarterback run game has been a huge, huge weapon. Uh, which I think we kind of felt like in K-State circles this year would be the, the season they might be able to get away from that some and start to veer back more toward like being an offense right. at the end of last year that was thrown in around the yard. It just hasn't been the case. They've had to go back to kind of what you what you know and love um, about about K-State, which is running the quarterback. And Howard can actually do it pretty, pretty effectively, too. So uh, there, there's going to be a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of that for sure. John, last thing for me. How about a prediction? Uh, Texas, a three and a half point favorite right now. These were the two top two teams in the preseason poll in the Big 12. We've always had this game marked on our calendar as a huge game that could play serious implications for the Big 12 championship. Now that it's come to fruition, now that it's finally here, how do you see this one playing out in Austin tomorrow? Yeah, I've been going back and forth, I, I, but but steadfast, I think, most of the week in thinking that Texas does pull out a close win. Um, I, I just... I want to believe in what K-State has been able to do, and they, they certainly have earned the opportunity to play these big games down the stretch run of the season with what they've done the last three weeks. And it's not that I don't think that it's real, but I, I do also believe that it's very real what Texas is doing on the offensive and defensive lines right now. And I just have a hard time seeing K-State having enough success running the ball to make the offense work uh, well enough to consistently score points and win the game. And that that is my fear because – I don't know that K-State's receivers are going to be winning a lot of one-on-one matchups, even if Texas uh, is is loading up the box to stop the run. So I see a fairly low-scoring game. I think if K-State's going to win, it's probably going to take some turnovers out of Malik Murphy at, at quarterback, um, and the, the defense will have to do a lot of that for, for the Wildcats. I see like 24-20, 27-20, Texas, somewhere around there right now is kind of my feeling going into the game. I mean, I would – 
I would love to be wrong, but the the series history and uh, and obviously what you're seeing out of just kind of a different different level of Texas team this year has me uh, pretty cautious about trying to predict any sort of. Well, I, I like everything about what K State is doing, John. I just I have you know Texas winning twenty four to twenty, but I just they they just don't have that wide receiver. There's always that devastating wide receiver that beats somebody for Texas somehow, some way that are like athletes or or very close to the ones that Texas have in the secondary. I, I think you have a little bit of doubt about who that person is. They haven't really got to that person yet. You know, midway during the season, nobody's really the standout wide receiver. I think that'll be the 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 key to the football game. If they find that guy and they can throw the find a consistent wide receivers they can they can go to, that can be the difference for K State, I believe. Totally agree. That's been the the biggest disappointment I think to me this year for the team is that you thought Keegan Johnson was going to be that guy. He hasn't been. The the rest of the receivers are are serviceable and like Phillip Brooks is a is a nice weapon, but he's also he's mm-hmm. a smaller guy, just kind of like a shiftier guy that you think of being sort of like a slot receiver. Um, they, do, they do not have the Malik Knowles that they had last year, and that's definitely a big key missing from the offense. John, you're the man. We'll uh, keep spreading the word about the YouTube channel, but really appreciate you jumping on for a few minutes and uh, previewing this game. Thank hey, you, John. Yeah, anytime, guys. I appreciate it. Take care, guys. Thank you. you. John Kurtz. Follow him on Twitter at JL Kurtz. And once again, uh, search his YouTube channel, man. He's all about the Big 12. It's not just K-State with John. He's talking about some of the biggest storylines in this conference all year long. He'll be talking plenty of college hoops, too. So we want you to subscribe to us, but come on. We're, we're, there's room for all of us to eat That's yeah, right. at this table. So uh, go support John and what he does. And he's right. I mean, look, K-State, their quarterbacks can run. Their running backs can run. Their downfield passing attack hasn't been great, which I think is good news if you're a Texas fan because yes. the secondary has some holes right now. Even though they played a lot better against BYU, I think a lot of us are still a little weary of the back end of this Texas defense. So good news, yeah, K-State not great throwing the ball down the field, but, uh, man, they, they can beat you with that run game. They've had a lot of success doing that this year. We know it's strength on strength, but it'll be maybe Texas's toughest test as a rush defense trying to game plan for two great quarterbacks who can run and two great running backs who obviously can run too. Yeah, but John, now you can bring your safeties down just a little bit in, into the box there to help out. If you, if you feel like I just haven't seen that, that one guy for them and they're going to try because they yeah. know that's exactly what Texas will do. They'll bring the safeties down in there, in there to support the run also. So if you can keep, if you can keep your mistakes to a minimum back, back there in the, the backside of that and not let some guy get on a roll back there as a wide receiver for him, I think you can have some success because they're not going to stop running the ball. Those two quarterbacks are going to run with it. That's yes, just they what are. they do. And they're, they're going to be physical up front with that offensive line. And they're going to believe – you know what they'll believe in? They'll believe in the four- and five-yard run. They, they'll love their four-yard you know, runs oh, and three-and-a-half-yard runs. You know? Yeah, they want to do what we're talking about Texas wants sure. to do. Like that. K-State wants to establish the ground game. They want to control the football. They want to win the battle of time of possession. They want to keep the Texas offense on the sideline. Like that's exactly what they're trying to do too. We're talking about Texas doing that with Jonathan Brooks. Uh, K State's going to try to do that with their quarterbacks and running backs. And you think of who their offensive coordinator is? It's Colin Klein. Like that yes. guy was the king of that when he played at K State about a decade I, I, I just ago. think that, I just think that I just think that Sark will get outside the box if the run game's going. I think he's just going to let some fly. That that worries me a little bit because I don't know what kind of faith he has is the physicality of his offensive line right now. Yeah. Is he willing to go ahead and take the three-yard hard runs, or does he have to drop back and, and do something with this quarterback to, to get him in the swing of things way too soon? You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, the, hard, the, the hard threes may not be good enough for Sark. You know what I'm so- talking about? I'm with you, man. He may not have the patience. tomorrow. He'll have to be patient tomorrow. 
Yeah, he will be. It, it could be a frustrating game for Steve Sarkeesian because uh, the K-State defense is good. And they're going to take away a lot of what you're trying to do. And mm-hmm. the fact that you're going with a redshirt freshman quarterback making a second career start makes things even scarier, right? Like, I, uh, I'd be nervous about this game, even if Quinn Ewers was the starter Absolutely. For tomorrow. But uh, yeah, Malik Murphy did some good things last week. I thought he responded to those two turnovers in a good way. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're still, we're still talking about a guy making a second career start going up against one of the best defenses in college football. So, uh, reasons for cautious optimism. I'll go ahead and put it like that. Reasons for 100% optimism is we're going to be at Covert Bee Cave very, yeah, very soon. Don't forget, come join us. Ricky Williams, yes, that Ricky Williams will be there right around 11 o'clock. Got about half an hour to hang with us. There's going to be free lunch. Well, you know, Trey and I will be there, and I think the buck will be there until closer to one. So you can come out and hang out with us for a little bit and uh, get some free food. But if you want to meet Ricky, you want him to take your picture. Uh, maybe get something signed. Come see us at Covert B Cave right around 11 o'clock. I'm only 10 minutes away from Covert B Cave, folks. I will be there at quarter of 11. If you can get there, the, the sooner the better because he's got to haul ass back to uh, DKR and get there for a luncheon that they're holding for the Heisman Trophy winner. It's their luncheon for him. He, spent, he wanted to spend some time with us. You know, he spent some time on the show with BK and I a couple of times, really got us kicked off and started us up. And he wanted to spend some time with us, but they kind of got him handcuffed a little bit. So we got as much time as we can get with him. We wish we had more. We'll do, you know, in, in the future, he'll be back. We'll, we'll have him. We'll be the ones flying him in. We'll be the ones w- w- with the major, you know, but he's, he's always going to be a, a son of, of, of the Longhorn. So, and this is his weekend coming up. This is a very important weekend for Ricky. Yeah, looking forward to seeing him. And uh, we're lucky that we are a part of his big weekend here in Austin. How about a shout-out to our friends at Pest Wranglers? Sponsor? Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite control. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers. 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at Pest Wranglers. Love it. And our good friends at Texas Orthopedics, if you're seeking specialized patient-focused orthopedic care, contact Texas Orthopedics today, folks. Their physicians offer surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults, spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement, rheumatology, and even more. Say hello to Chris Danny while you're there and Christopher Stockter. They are dedicated orthopedic surgeons and they want to get you right back into good health and that great quality of life that you deserve. Texas Orthopedics is the largest independent orthopedic practice in the state of Texas. For more information, go to TXOrtho.com. Yes, indeed. And shout out to our friends at Great Blue Heron Furniture. If you're looking for, well, great furniture, look no further than GreatBlueHeronFurniture.com. A custom leather furniture company that started back in 1991. These guys have been around, well, because they do the best work that you can absolutely find. If you're looking for a couch, a recliner, an ottoman, a chair, some bar stools, if you just want to uh, make your home a little bit better for you and your family and for friends who come by, you got to get a piece from greatblueheronfurniture.com. I'm telling y'all, you cannot and you will not find more stylish, more comfortable, and more well-built furniture anywhere in the world. Longhorn-owned company. Most of the manufacturing is done right here in Texas. Use the promo code HOOKEM and you're going to get 15% off. That's right, 15% off 
your purchase on site at Great Blue Heron Furniture. Com. And our good friends at Woods Comfort System. How about that 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 heat clicking on for me the other day? Well, guess what? That air conditioning may be clicking back on next week or this weekend, and they will have it done. Believe me. If you need if you need the comfort that your home should be, whether it's the heat or the air conditioner, Woods Comfort Systems, they've been doing it for over 60 years, and they are determined to make you comfortable. Believe me. And they've done that for me in this brand new house of ours for three years. I've never had any kind of problems except for we get people to come over here and make sure part of the contract is to clean the ducts, get everything all set the way they should be, whether it's the winter or the summer. Not had a problem. Love the folks at Wood Comfort Systems. You see this picture? I just tweeted this out. Wow. It's our man Wags. One half of Chaos Theory. We'll bring the boys on right now because we don't have too much time for crosstalk since we got to get to Covert BK. Yeah. What is going on? What is what is this about? This is you. Why are we putting the uh the Renee Zellweger picture up? Why do you have your thumb in your mouth and your thumb in your ass? There's one in your mouth and one in your ass, and you're playing switch. What are you doing? <laughs> That's the not right. Tried to tell me, we got tried to tell me to look hot. I I he he said he said break the camera. You I, failed. I did the best. Well, you, I did my <laughs> Miserably. <laughs> All right, I got hey, to go to the boys. Have a good me. show. Slamming down. What is going know. on? Why is this up? Doug, it's, 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 the show, it, it's the show promo tweet. Rodney missed picture day, so this is all we have. We've got solo shots of you, Wags, and this is the one. I don't know who our social media guy is. we got to talk to them. But this is the one that yeah. got posted today. It's gonna be that's gonna be on the Texas Sports Unfiltered calendar right there. This was all like he didn't <laughs> say that that would actually get posted. Like he said that this was all be a joke. Like this, you, I didn't think that would actually go in my fucking portfolio. Yeah, <laughs> if you want it off, I could talk to the social guy and we can delete it. No, it's okay. It's it's fine. I just I didn't know the Renee the Renee Zellweger pose was coming out on Friday. I, I'm, uh, that's pretty good though i look, I look yeah. great i mean look at that flex arch that back a little bit more wagner jesus that's, that's pretty good right there dude uh, that's, look at that back. look at the arch that, that back so well though, man what do you well, do I mean, on wednesday nights i take i take uh i take direction very well rodney i'm I'm very good at that like and i, I did a couple of uh a couple of pinup poster model uh contests before man i mean not that bad decent this, where did you why don't do that you guys you guys got to remember this is the dude that would that would post shit on on social media without a shirt on he's changed his shirt on the show live in the in the short tenure of i am program. not i am i am comfortable and and happy about the way i look at 42 you some people be. aren't some people aren't i think i still got it you still got i, it. I think Boy, you do too man i got a boogie i'll be listening <laughs> later, <laughs> later, bro. Hook him, man. there he goes <laughs> 